This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 54, top five favorite Hulk storylines. Duck to Banner, belted by Gamma Rays, turned into the Hulk. Pinky and Glamour Rays, reckoned the town with the power of a bull. It's your monster clown who is as lovable as ever loving Hulk. Hulk. Welcome back to the show. This is Comic Shenanigans, episode number 54. We're talking about our top five favorite Hulk stories and a bunch of honorable mentions as well. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm here with a, a new guest to the show. Tom Kerr. Tom Kerr. Now, so you've you've been listening to the show for a while. We've known each other from Heroclix. Yep. Um, and we've been talking... People who've listened to the show have heard us reference Tom. That's true. Many times. I think because you know I'm always listening, I suspect. To part, that, that's why. Yeah. You're like our, <laughs> the first person I knew who was actually listening to every episode. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I have a fan. <laughs> I uh, am a fan. Now, actually, I uh, put a, a post on HG Realms the other day and asking for ideas for future episodes. And actually, a bunch of people took me up on it. So yeah. I was like, people are listening. People actually care. It's that's great. Nice. It's nice. Well, that's the way it's supposed to go. It's, it's nice to know that someone's listening. Yeah. It's not just me and Nate and you. And, and sometimes Sean. Like, you know, it's nice to know that there's someone out there. I know that we actually... Well, Leon. And... Leon doesn't listen to the show. Really? Uh, he listens to the episode, HeroClix episodes and episodes he's in. Oh, okay. He, uh, he's been like, I don't need to watch and listen to anything else. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> At least bolster my numbers. He's like, eh, I'm mm. good. Um, anyway, so you've been a Hulk fan for how long? Uh, quite a while. I mean, I guess I've been reading comics since, you know, the late 90s or so. And so okay. I, I got into it at around that time. Uh, and then my my older brother, who's 12 years older than me, uh, was a comic fan throughout the, the 80s and the 90s. Uh, it's and quite so the age difference. It is. Well, it's, I tend to get to half-brother. That's part of it. Oh, okay. Uh, but even then, you know, it doesn't necessarily take 12 years to, to get divorced and remarried. But, nope. Um All the same, <laughs> I, he, uh, he had a bunch of back issues. So I, I managed to read my way back to sort of the John Byrne when he took over okay. in around the 300s or so. Yeah, that's uh, three in the three teens, I think. Yeah. He was very short run. It was very short. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. And then Alan McGrom took over. In fact, it's just one of one of that's on my list. Okay. Um, and then obviously I read through the whole of the Peter David because he I got all the issues from Mike, my brother, up until the point at which I started reading myself, which was right around when he was the professor. Um, okay. And uh, it was yeah, it was around then. It was just after because. I was reading Spider-Man and, and most particularly Venom. I still have all the old limited Are series. Are you serious? All like 30 you were one of those. series. Yeah, I was a kid that was like, yeah, Venom's amazing. I was at the comic book store yesterday and I was like, I don't want, uh, le- um, what was it, uh, uh, Lethal Protector. And I was like, I kind of wanted it. I was like, I can't do this. I, 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 I don't want this Ron Lim artwork that much. But oh, uh, very much, very, very much what I like. It's so 90s. But like the Hulk was cool because he kept showing up in places. But it, ultimately, I didn't really get committed to reading it until Onslaught. Because, okay. you know, even though Onslaught, the whole event was was, was questionable, um, there were two great Hulk appearances in there. Like, when he, he's in the Cable issue, yeah. uh, and then it continues over into the, the, the Hulk issue. The only bad part about that was that the Hulk issue had terrible artwork, yeah. but the Cable issue hit was amazing. Amazing, yeah. Was, was, I think it was Ian Churchill, wasn't it? Uh, or, I think so. It was Angel Medina or whatever who did the Hulk one. Yeah, and that was Just, not, I got, not a highlight for that book. No, it was, and, it, and especially considering I wasn't really actively reading the Hulk book at the time, I was like, what have they done? Because the the art was so good in Cable. Yeah, no, I think I agree. My first real uh, involvement with the Hulk outside of, I guess, cartoons would have been during Onslaught, and just especially in uh, Onslaught Marvel Universe, that one shot at the end where you know, where you, they have that awesome fight where they turn off Banner and he goes in and fights Onslaught, and, and then he's like, 
he's just taunting him. He's like, did I forget anyone? He's like, I forgot yeah, Hulk. Yeah. And it was just... Makes Hulk mad. Exactly. And then, like, they punch... He punches him with, like, the, uh, the shockwave of, like, a nuclear blast, which honestly should have just destroyed the city, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know I knew, I know Invisible Woman has some good shields, but come on. Um, but that was, I guess, my first real Hulk moment. And I... Um, actually, do you want to maybe talk about your honorable mentions that didn't make the list before we actually move forward on the list or we can yeah so this is what so you got into yeah. hulk in the well late, actually late 90s it's a good it's actually a good segue because uh one of the ones that didn't make it onto the list is because it's not i kind of held it off because i don't really consider it a story okay. so much as just a period is okay. that bannerless hulk period I, I would call it okay uh which was while he while banner was over in heroes reborn mm-hmm. uh it was a series of short bits they had like the hulk island bit <clears throat> i really like that the artwork is what made that work I yeah think, by adam kubert uh, that was on my i think that was in my honorable mentions list. i think that was i think i think hulk island was um what's his name because Adam Kubert took over at the Savage Land issue. Oh, uh, you're right. And he took over for uh, like one of the most famous artists. Uh, who, who who drew Thunderbolts for so long and so good? Vaguely. Yeah, no. 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 The the he also drew, well, he drew, drew Dark Avengers. Oh, Mike Diodato. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, early Diodato. Oh, yeah. Uh, was right. in that Hulk Hulk Island bit. Yeah, that's right. And I, I was thinking more of the Savage Land bit. Yeah, and this, well, the Savage Land bit was awesome too, and the Kubert's art was fantastic there. I think actually, on my honorable mentions, I had Incredible Hulk four fifty four to four fifty five, which is the Savage Land. Yeah, which was really good. I remember seeing just previews for it, and years before I actually got a chance to read it, and I was like, that looks crazy. Yeah, but really cool. No, that's that's a good one. It's got a great. So like uh, Peter David really had a skill, and he, he appears a lot of times on my list. But he really had had a skill for for maintaining some of the lightness and and some of the uh, still the pathos. Mm-hmm. He, he managed to combine a bit of pathos and a bit of humor uh, in the Hulk stories uh, to an extent that where it wasn't purely depressing and yet it wasn't purely yeah. comical, usually, except mm-hmm. when, like, Santa Rhino or Santa Grey Hulk. Oh, like, yeah. Rhino, that, that's... that actually reminds me of one of my other honorable mentions is uh, Incredible Hulk 417. I remember reading about this in Wizard, yeah. the legendary bachelor party issue. Yeah. Just ridiculous. <laughs> Rick Jones has a bachelor party, and so the male heroes get together. It's really awkward. Yeah. And Captain America is <laughs> extremely awkward, but it's, it, as you said, it plays to the fact that Peter David is good at humor and yeah. poking fun at the heroes without making them look stupid. But uh, it's like, and that's what he's made a thing of the Savage Land one, because that's where he kind of he does the section where Wolverine sort of sees the Hulk smashing through the trees and like, there's mm-hmm. something different about him. You know, he strong, seems stronger than ever, but there's a weakness that I can exploit now. And there's a little thing where he slashes him across the neck, and Hulk's like holding his neck and then looks down at his hand. He's like, no blood. Like, what are those, bone? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> he, like, laughs at him for having bone claws, because now Wolverine is completely ineffectual. That was not the greatest period for Wolverine. <laughs> no, it was Because Sabretooth did the same thing to him. He, he he cracked his bone claws, and then he kept trying to regenerate them, and they weren't fast enough. Yeah. So he kept trying to, like, have, like, nubs that he was trying to attack Sabretooth with. And Sabretooth was like, what is this? Yeah, he fought Galactus in that period. Yes, uh, he did. In, yeah. If you listen to our uh, top five favorite Wolverine stories, my, uh, my brother-in-law, Paul, yeah. he loves that story and I think it's stupid he did mention it and a funny thing is like it is kind of funny the one thing I like about that is the fact that Wolverine is they at least acknowledge that he's completely ineffectual mm-hmm. uh, and because Wolverine at the time was kind of over the moon with everybody mm-hmm. then it's nice every so often when you have a bit of a humbling issue for a character that's like that yeah but that yeah but... that one wasn't well handled but at least you know at least when they, they paused the ridiculousness of True. Wolverine versus Galactus and then showed that it would it's be ridiculous interesting that considering the character's been around well, I forget how many years now, but 
I mean, he, that was a six-year period without without adamantium, and people were like, "Oh, it happened! It happened really quickly." I'm like, "No, that was a long time." <laughs> when you're a fan, in the middle, he had no nose. Uh, he was wearing a bandana. Like bad things were happening because he didn't have that adamantium. He was not nearly as cool. No. Uh, what else is on your honorable mentions list? Uh, other honorable mentions? Uh, actually, well, might as well go with uh, one fairly large elephant in the room, which would be World War Hulk. Okay. Um, didn't make it on mine either. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. Um, admittedly, rereading it is a little better than reading it while it was coming out. Is it? Okay, I'll have to give it a shot, because I haven't read it, I think, since it happened. I was a originally huge Century fan, and I was like, this isn't a good Century story. It's no. not really the greatest Hulk story. No. The problem is that it like it started out pretty well, uh, and, and it became very clear in World War Hulk that there wasn't a, a good end game in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that Hulk kind of comes back to get revenge against the, uh, the uh, Illuminati and, and everybody who claimed to be his friend and then abandoned him. I mean, this is all good stuff. As, yeah. an, as an inspiration for the character, then it's great. And it gives him a lot to go on. And after the end of Planet Hulk, uh, you know, as, 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 as Sierra is turning to ash in his arms and stuff, it was great, oh, yeah. great imagery and it really powers him. But to what end? Because he's not going to kill them. No, I know. That, it's the type of thing, yeah, if you're doing this in in um, serial format, it doesn't work if you have to keep going. Yeah. that's Well, that's a comic problem in general in a lot of ways, is that they can't end. So as much as something will seem really cool, you can't kill people yeah. long term. And he doesn't even really seem to want to. I mean, and at the end, what you ultimately realize is that he's come back to teach them a lesson. I mean, he turns them all into, into gladiators, forces them to fight, makes it look like he's going to act them kill each other, but then doesn't. Yeah, and it just it just it feels very. It, the funny thing is because the whole thing is capturing him as this pure force of nature, and he's more powerful than he's ever been. Nothing can stop him, and yet he suddenly seems really impotent in that moment uh, when yeah. suddenly you realize that he has no real end game. In that the writers don't have any end game yeah, either, and actually, it doesn't help that right after that they went to a really fractured period when you had the Red Hulk. Which, I don't know how you feel about that, actually. How do you feel about Red Hulk? I how mean, do I feel about Jeff Loeb writing okay. Red Hulk? I guess that's the difference, right? Yeah. Okay, so Jeff Loeb writing it was not beautiful art. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. Nate uh, and I have talked both on the show and off before about how um, Jeff Loeb needs someone to rein him in. And that uh, we love a lot of the stuff they did with Tim Sale, and we yeah. think that Tim Sale basically said, "No, I'm not doing that." Yeah. Whereas Ed McGinnis is just, "I'll draw anything. Yeah. You give me something yeah. big and bold, and I'll do it." And I feel the same thing happened with Joe Mad when uh, they did Ultimates Three together. Yeah, not true. good stories at all. They look great. Yeah, they look fantastic. It's just ludicrous what happens in the story. And, and I mean, Jeff Loeb also, for what it's worth, does seem to have a sense of who's drawing his comics. Yeah, uh, and and he does play towards their skills. It's just he does it. The abomination gets killed with a gun. I couldn't even get through the first issue. I was like, "Why do he gets killed with a big gun?" Yeah, and there's a Red Hulk who's a force of nature that uses a large shield gun to kill the abomination. Like the abomination has been melted to slag and regenerated. What's up with the gun? Like, oh, I'm so, I'm so yeah. Oh, the abomination has had uh, some bad atrocities happen to him <laughs> over his true. career. I was reading an issue of X Men from the '90s, and I forgot he was living in the sewers and it was all disfigured and messed up. I'm like, what? Marrow. <laughs> oh, that that too. That yeah. That, that, it was a weird period for yeah. abomination. Just living in the sewers, just chilling. Yeah. You know, he used to be one of like the premier, you know, Hulk villains, and yeah. I mean, on the animated series, he was always there, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Vader. yeah. He he is, in my opinion, sort of the, the quintessential anti-Hulk. At least before Maestro, uh, as a, as the anti-Hulk who's big and strong and anti-Hulk. Yeah. He, he is the dark reflection of the of 
of the Hulk is already kind of a dark reflection, but he he is He's further twisted. Further he twisted. actually is evil, yeah, or at least more malicious. Whereas, I mean, especially with uh, everything in the last, you know, during World War Hulk, the whole idea that Amadeus Cho had that you know Hulk doesn't really want to kill people, yeah, and he's and he's saving people. He's not. He's not. You know, he isn't malicious in any way until he gets much older. Yeah, it's very true. Until but, he just doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but I mean, as, as having said all that negatively about World War Hulk, um, the reason why it's an honorable mention at all is that it did have a, a grandiosity of scale that I thought was cool, and it was a a good. They kind of didn't shy away from having him fighting against just about everybody and really pulling out all the stops about what would happen with mm-hmm. these fights. Even though it did feel it like they gave of... him, they gave him respect. Yeah. I mean, they gave Hulk never gets a storyline of his own. Yeah, generally. Um, so they gave him a big one, and yeah, the ending didn't quite work. Yeah, it kind of felt like he, he, yeah. he you, you you're out. rooting for Hulk, and he doesn't win. Yeah, but there is a great like if if all you read was the first issue. When he kind of fights, you don't even see the fight with Iron Man as Hulkbuster armor. Really, oh, you yeah. see them clash, and you see them fall into the building, and the whole building collapse. Mm-hmm. And you see the Hulk come out, having having beaten down mm-hmm. Iron Man, and then this whole you know, what are we going to do now? Moment, yeah. uh, you know, that's great. That, that's a it really it captures the sheer ferocity of it, uh, and and because it's still riding on the wave of of Planet Hulk, then it has a respectability that just. Unfortunately, diminishes as it goes, but it started well. Yeah, oh, I think it wouldn't. It need, oh, man, Planet Hulk was so good that it yeah. kind of makes it. That's what makes it, I think, more disappointing. Yeah, because you have this amazing story, which I almost hope that we. I almost wish that we never would have seen anything after that. Yeah, because that last moment when he's riding the ship back to Earth and they have the narration talking, I'm like, that's epic. Yeah, and then I just never felt like World War Hulk really fully managed to, to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's still a good story. Anything else on your uh, uh, honorable Well, I was going to say, speaking of, uh, speaking of Loeb and, and, and Tim Sale reigning him in, is, is Grey on your list? or It's on my honorable mention list. Okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't make it into the top. I would call it on my honorable mention It was barely on my honorable mention list. It's okay. Um, it's, of, uh, Nate and I have gone back on this a lot. Um, of the color books, it is my least favorite. Uh, even behind uh, Captain America White, which has a zero issue. That's yeah. it. They just stopped. Um, because, I mean, blue and, and yellow were really oh, solid stories. And they were very uh, pointed as... To, like, they were personal expressions of those characters. Uh, in both cases, basically, to a, a deceased loved one. And then in Hulk Gray, you have him talking to Leonard Sampson. And it kind of felt weirdly impersonal at times. And it yeah. wasn't... I don't know. I, I guess you don't want to have the same story done three different ways with three different characters. But in some ways, I kind of did want to see that. And I... It didn't quite work for me, and, and capturing the gray period was interesting. And just I don't know, it didn't yeah. quite do it for me. Yeah, tapping. He also tapped into some of the storytelling elements that that were popular with Hulk at the time and had been for a little oh, while. Wow. Then it was, it was more psychological, but not. It's just Jeff Loeb isn't that good at doing that. No, um, I do think uh, I, in all the cases of all the color books, Tim Sale is the reason why they're so good. Yeah, I mean Jeff Loeb does an okay job with the story, but I mean without the the strong visual storytelling, you'd have nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I mean that, and there's some shots in here that I really do like in the like, especially with Hulk fighting the old school yellow, uh, not yellow, the gold uh, Iron Man armor, like mm-hmm. just the bucket, but. But just now it's gold. Yeah, uh, I, I, I like stuff that doesn't shy away from the ridiculousness of where comics were. Yeah. So they, they didn't try to give it like a you know a fresh gloss of paint. They're like, no, no, this is like a modern take. No, this is no, very no. this is the '60s version. And it really pops considering the atmospheres are still being created very sort of darkly and and, and gray. I mean, the, that's yeah. very much what they're what they're going for with a lot of the the background art and some of the sky and the ground. Mm-hmm. It all has this the sense of being sort of in penumbra. 
uh, and then you've got like the shining Iron Man. So yeah, it, it is it's true. It, there's there's cheesiness to it, but but it's respectful. Yeah. Um, after the Onslaught Marvel Universe, which again was my first real interaction with the Hulk in the comics, at least that I can remember, besides seeing a cover once for an Amazing Spider-Man issue that was going to have Professor Hulk in it, but I never read it, so I just... Was that the one where, uh, you know, he, he's smashing the ground yes. and, and sees the boat? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was that cover, and the cover right after was just kind of standing there in, like, jeans or something. Um, <laughs> that is a great... That happens right in the comic. In that comic, there's a great little moment of... Hulk is beating up Leonard Sampson, who's been possessed by a gamma uh, virus. Okay. And, and Spidey, for some for some reason, doesn't make any sense. In trying to make the Hulk stop fighting, he jumps onto the Hulk's fist, and he's kind of like hugging the Hulk's wrist with his whole body, and saying like, "You should, you know, stop hitting him." And the Hulk just smashed to the ground, and then it just shows a panel of Spidey and the rubble going. Ouch. Uh, uh, that's funny. It was funny because it wasn't like he he really hit Spidey super hard. It no. was just. Uh, so my first uh, real interaction with Hulk after that in the comics was in the uh, Heroes Born Iron Man relaunch. Right. Uh, so I put it as a special, as an honorable mention because it's not a real Hulk story, but I always liked this version of the Hulk. Yeah. Um, there's just something about the very loose pencils and the ridiculous hair and like, but uh, but this was the version of, of Hulk I really kind of first experienced in the comics. Yeah. Not the best in, in version of the character by any means. Um, no, but, but kind of fun, unbridledly savage, very much, and and it seems like whenever they although hit not the as un- savage as what was happening in the Marvel Universe at the same time. Interesting enough. Yeah, true. Because this one still technically had Banner inside. True. Um, it was just kind of a weird version of the character, but I liked it. Anyway. Every time they seem to do this type of thing, Heroes Reborn is one example. And then Ultimates is another example, and then mm-hmm. even the movie is another example. They all they really do a good job of, of creating the sense of him as a bit of a force of nature. When mm-hmm. you when you read the old old Stan Lee comics, that doesn't really come across as much. No, not at all. Well, part of part of it's because of his origin, right? Like yeah. the Hulk was he turned the Hulk at night. Yeah, and like that's it. Does it? it they it, it, it lacks that primal because it's it's not connected to anything. Yeah. It's just nighttime. Yeah. It's not something that you overwhelming like when I don't know exactly when they made the decision to make it because of anger and rage, but great idea. Yeah, because that that's where you get that unstoppable force of nature because this idea that you're so ang- this, this creature is so angry it yeah. cannot be stopped, cannot be contained. Uh, let's actually start yeah. our list then. Well, let's... I'll do one more honorable mention if oh, we sure. want to do it, just because I I've realized that it didn't make my list, uh, and this is not a actually a storyline at all. It's simply a moment. Yeah, tales to astonish uh, issues. 82 and 88. Okay. Um, Reaching farther back there. Yeah, wave. This is actually during Stanley's era. Okay. And, and, this and one, he was still writing at this point? Yeah. Okay. He, well, he was he was still plotting. A lot of people were finishing the actual scripts. Yeah, because I know, yeah, these, these like Iron Man, etc., these weren't books he continued on for a long time. Yeah. If, with anything more than plots. It wasn't like Fantastic Four and Spider-Man, which were his babies. Yeah, they're kind of variously credited. Sometimes it'll say written by Stanley. In fact, 82 is is, I think... Plotted by Stanley and written by someone else. I can't remember. And then eighty-eight, it just says written by Stanley. Okay. And I kind of assume it's kind of the same thing, but they're not part of a story, obviously, because they're, they're, they're yeah. seven issues apart, um, six issues apart. Which which yeah. issues is it again? Eighty-two and eighty-eight. Eighty-two and eighty-eight. If it weren't for the weight of carrying it, I would have brought along my essentials, all health, yeah, okay. or Mike, the, yeah, the 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 omnibus one. Oh, um, you have that? Yeah, of course you do. I love it. <laughs> That's great, and it's so vibrant. As you pointed out, reading the essentials is is. It, the losing the color really loses something. I find, well, especially for Hulk. Yeah, because <laughs> color is kind of important. Yeah. I mean, some characters you know, it doesn't matter as much, but yeah, I know that character where a color is who you are. 
Yeah. And I, especially, I can't even imagine reading Essentials at the point where you're switching from like gray to green. You wouldn't be able to tell. No. You'd be like, what's, uh, what's yeah, going on yeah. here? Why do people seem to care? Yeah, what's he, what, what, it wouldn't even, he? You wouldn't even really should be shaded differently. Like, you're assuming black and white would come, come out the same. So. Yeah. yeah. But right, uh, so what is it about these issues? Uh, it's, it, it is ridiculous, but it's Hulk fighting its boomerang. And it actually is like the boomerang that later would become like a okay. Spider-Man villain and a, and okay. a bad Masters of Evil and an awful hero Uh Remember the triple target in cap with um, oh, I can't. What was his opening attack? It was like it was pretty low. It was low. It was like seven or something. It was so, so Hulk bad. fights him. Hulk fights him, and he doesn't kill him somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there's two things that are unique, and this is the reason why it becomes an honorable mention. By no means does it belong. Is it, did you fight against Boomerang in both issues? Yeah. He's a recurring Hulk villain? <laughs> Not only is he a recurring what? Hulk villain, but he's arguably the first Hulk villain. Uh, first, he's introduced, by the way. This is his first appearance. And he's okay. nothing like the Boomerang later. He doesn't use boomerangs. He uses discs. Oh. He's more like Ricochet, kind of. He kind of flies along on discs, and he throws discs that blow up. Okay. Um, and in, in the one issue, he's just trying to get away with Betty Ross. Um, Why? Um, Why is he doing this? It's, I can't remember. Uh, it's not very... Is he trying to rape her? Like, he, what is he doing? No, he's working... Because he's working against the, the government. He's basically... I think they're playing on ransoming her. Um, <laughs> okay. Because he's actually being... But he's doing something villainous. Up until this point, basically every time the Hulk would come up against any kind of superpower to anybody, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was because they happened to cross paths. Like, Hulk was never a hero. And he, no. Even, as a savage, he basically never was. He would always find himself in situations where being the villain was also to the benefit of other people. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing, except that it's the way it's framed, it feels more like he's he's doing something heroic. Like, he's trying to save Betty, but also in so doing, he's he's saving the the, the, the military from the... the, the, the this organization that has hired Boomerang to basically steal their secrets. Okay. Um, and the way it works is, be, like, they actually make... Boomerang acquits himself well. He flies along, and it's kind of like when Spider-Man fights the Green Goblin. Like, it's not that he's flying super fast, but he's moving around so much okay. that Hulk can't fly, so Boomerang can, keeps getting out of his way, so Hulk okay. leaves past, and leaves past. And every time he, he's in leap, he'll throw a disc at him, and it kind of blows him up, and Hulk falls to the ground. Of course, Hulk survives, he gets back up. Yeah. But... This is the first comic I can remember, I don't mean first, but reading from the beginning of the Hulk yeah. series through. It's the first time uh, that a whole long period of, of two different issues was spent just at the Hulk's sheer pugnaciousness. Uh, yeah. He just never gives up. And, and like some more bad stuff than you'd think would happen with Boomerang happens to him. He kind of, at one point, lands on the, the edge of a rock face and Boomerang is able to blow up some rocks above him and like bury him in a mountain man and, apparently and, I do not give Boomerang nearly enough respect no, no. neither did the writers after this after yeah. these two issues they should have gone back to his original appearance and been like man look yeah. at this guy used yeah. to do yeah he looks he looked terrible in his original costume but he was actually pretty good like he, he managed to bury the Hulk in a rock slide and the Hulk gets out and he, the, this whole continuous thing is going what, on what, Boomerang uh, list, being like sorry what, yeah. what listeners are missing here is that uh, Tom is acting out <laughs> At what is happening? So he's actually yeah. miming the Hulk getting out of the rubble. So. Yeah, sorry, continue, please. No, no it's fine. It, it's it, important it, that the audience know what's happening. That's true, and 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 that my my enthusiasm here is not fake, uh, because I just I, I remember how cool it was that even though all he was doing was flying and throwing discs, and 
you know, when you consider where the Hulk would go later in his life, this is clearly absurd, mm-hmm. and all he needed to do at any point was clap his hands. Uh, and yet, for some reason, he doesn't think of this. Instead, he just jumps around, keeps missing, keeps getting knocked to the ground, keeps getting blown up, and things are, blown, are knocked on top of him. And he keeps getting up, and he keeps going after Boomerang. And Boomerang's like, what are you doing? You're never going to catch me. And I was like, Hulk will catch you. Page after page of Hulk will get you. And eventually, of course, he does, because Boomerang just runs out of discs, he runs out of effort, and the Hulk never gives up. And later it would be cooler when he would do that against, like, the Abomination or legitimate threats. But this is the first time I can remember. The Hulk just keeps on coming. And I think that's a really important thing about his character. Now, the mental picture for me of the 60s version of Hulk jumping and jumping and jumping (laughs) is what makes me think that's why they created the 1966 theme song. I think they read an issue like this and they're like, isn't he lovable? (laughs) The ever-loving Hulk. And I think that's what what caused that to happen. Just imagine a big smile on his face. Like, yeah, because he smiled a lot yes. back in those early yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Even when he wasn't that happy, he was still smiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, interesting character. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, not not a top five Hulk stories ever. If I said, but the, notable to you, but notable, significant. I think in his history, and I think overlooked. It's not like I ever hear. Well, people yeah, talk about no it. one's ever talked about Boomerang's first appearance <laughs> and how he took down the Hulk. Like that never came up. Like I know a lot about comics, and, and I that I did not know that. It's interesting too which characters sometimes they like again Boomerang is famous for being a Spider-Man villain I had no idea that's where he started so yeah. I mean it's interesting it's kind of like I mean to a much different degree people know that Kingpin was a Spider-Man villain but he's become this quintessential Daredevil villain Very true. seeing him in Spider-Man is kind of like I'd rather him be in Daredevil Daredevil he has a personal like feeling to there's a reason why he should be there yeah alright so what is number 5 we've done uh, our honorable okay. mentions yes that's are all honorable mentions now number 5 uh, is also it's basically Incredible Hulk three fifteen to three twenty three. Um, do you have this anywhere? I, as an honorable mention, had three fourteen to three nineteen. Okay, so very yeah, basically the same. Basically period. the same period. It's the, so nu- the John nutrient Byrne bath. stuff. Yeah. basically. John Byrne into Al McGraw, the whole nutrient bath period. I kind of so explain for people who may not have read that far back. What is what does that mean? Uh, what had happened was that in one of the many many efforts to try to separate uh, to, to to stop. Uh, the the Hulk uh, from being a thing, then they wanted to physically separate Bruce Banner from the Hulk, and they succeeded. Um, Does that seem like a terrible idea? Yeah. The one good thing is that he turns into Banner at some point. Yeah. And now we're going to take that away. <laughs> I think their theory was that we'll just lock him up because it's worked well for the last three hundred issues. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, I can't. I, yeah. I can't remember what they thought they were going to do with the Hulk. Well, of course he breaks free, mm. and he's completely mindless. Although, and and what I liked about it was that at first. You kind of start with, like, Banner's concerned, but Banner's also finally actually not turning to the Hulk. He's free. And he and he, he acts free. Uh, and you get this thing where you realize the degree to which Banner is important uh, as a part of the Hulk mythos to prevent this, this force of nature. Because he truly, he's mindless, and he is a complete force of nature when he's yeah. separated from, from Banner. He doesn't say a word, he just roars. And he beats everyone, um, which is good when you're a Hulk fan you like to see that oh yeah of um, course. well this is the introduction of the Hulkbusters actually as a unit isn't yeah. it yeah so I mean yeah this is monumentally important just for first of all coming up with the name Hulkbusters yeah just for cool a, a banner in the armor uh, he was armored wasn't he um, or am no, I thinking of the animated version you're thinking of the animated version at that time which for, again speaks to the yeah. uh, longevity of the story that I mean in the animated show which didn't last that long maybe two three seasons um, they did end up adapting this basically the storyline because it's a great idea yeah 
And, and, and like it's and, and it's funny because when Bruce decides that he's going to kind of go and he'll get married and he'll finally live a real life, then you've got on the one hand he's finally finding a certain degree of peace, mm-hmm. while the Hulk is is tearing a path through everything that's in front of him. Uh, and the Avengers, he fights against the West Coast Avengers and, and wallops them. Yeah. Uh, Doc Samson keeps thinking he's going to take him down. He's like, hold off, Hulkbusters. I'll take care of this. I and was looking through one of the issues. I think it was three, uh, 317 or one of those. And just, uh, man, what, Letter Samson does not get it through his head that he's not in the right <laughs> class. Like He does this womp. Like, he grabs, he, doesn't he just pound both of his shoulders down yeah. and then jab him in the head or something? I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's not dead, so I guess obviously he can take it. But yeah. In his in his amazing costume, yeah. Like I don't know what where Leonard Samson got that. To, you know, he's obviously not a fashionista by any means. This little like armless thing, and, and the artwork by John Byrne is spectacular. Yeah. In that period, like it's so rich with detail. I mean, these days he's not the artist he used to be, but that period is great. Yeah, his Fantastic Four was after that, right? Yes, yeah. the FF, he left to do FF. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it looked great. The stories were really fresh, and again, it, it felt because you had Incredible Hulk three hundred, which was an amazing beatdown. Yeah, maybe on your list. I don't know. It's not, but okay. uh, it, you know, it's it, another it, great it, one. It's notable because it, it's really a Hulk versus everybody. Yeah. Like, and they have to take him down. So you're kind of building off that kind of period, and now yeah. you've got him being mindless. Like, and that's what they do. Basically, in three twenty two, it's the same thing. It's like the bi coastal Avengers team up against him. And again, the, the bi coastal Avengers. We called it awesome. Uh, Did they actually call that in the issue? Yeah, yeah. it's Hulk versus the bi coastal Avengers. I think it's actually on the cover of That's one of those comics. Spectacular. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, he's he is fighting everybody. In the end, it's it's it takes Bruce Banner figuring out how to uh, how to combine them, and also being willing to to accept that he can't. He like I guess they also he can't live. Uh, neither one can really live without the other mm-hmm. and, but he still like he accepts the fact that he has to remerge with the Hulk and he has to take the torture back into his life in order to prevent it from tearing apart everything that it, that, that it encounters and I think that that's a really important theme and mm-hmm. it recurs continuously it's, no, it, yeah. it, it, this is it's extremely mature torture. for the early 80s too right because in the early to mid 80s at this point so that's extremely mature way of looking at it yeah. um, I was I, I I haven't read as much Hulk as I would have liked to uh, I was looking at a few trades that I was thinking of buying, and I was like, I, the artwork really threw me off. And I think it was yeah. their Mantlo stuff, and I yeah. forget who's the artist. And it was the build up to 300, and it was like when he was pardoned, and then he was regressing. So it's interesting that in the 80s, you get this much more uh, mature and thought out anal- anal- yeah, analysis of the Hulk as a character, mm-hmm. um, which is especially with the story of this idea that you know they need each other. As much as they're trying to be free of each other, and that leads into a lot of Peter David's own themes, which come in later on the run. Well, the the whole uh, a, a frequent sort of mis, uh, misinterpretation that people have is that Peter David introduced the whole um, idea that it was it was the the abuses of Bruce's father that led to him creating kind of the, the Hulk as mm-hmm. a, as an alternate personality. I mean, that was introduced. I think it was Byrne that introduced that. I can remember the issue in my head, even though I don't remember the number. Yeah, and no, um, I think I know exactly. I can't think of it either, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Peter David's the one who's most celebrated for having expanded upon yeah, it, obviously, totally. But and it was, really and really doing everything with it, but it, it wasn't his concept. That's pretty mature, as you say, for the time for a superhero comic. You mm-hmm. know, you, that's that's a pretty Especially hefty for theme Hulk, because yeah. Hulk had not been a. There, if you look at some of the weird and wacky stuff the Hulk had been involved with, like the Microverse and Jorella, like there was not a lot of yeah. very serious stories being told. And when you, when you had 
Uh, you know, these kinds of stories starting to happen, and then obviously Peter David's long and lengthy run forever changed the character on a psychological landscape. And all stories after that, in Lester Jeff Loeb, were usually based in, yeah. in the seriousness and this analysis of something greater. Even Planet Hulk, mm-hmm. there's so much in there about the idea, like, anyways, we'll get, we'll get there, yeah. I'm sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so much more maturity to the character, and I think around 300 and especially during the run you mentioned is when you're really getting that this is hulk is a mature character yeah he's not just this big guy just punching things and fighting boomerang and and, funny exactly he's not just a guy who chases boomerang but it's such a it's such a contrast against the character you couldn't get any simpler he's big mad and strong Mm -hmm. so in some ways he's the the the, and, and, and childlike often so in some ways he's the the by all means the most simple character concept in which they start to inject some of the most serious depth for mm-hmm. its time. Oh, yeah. No, and, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting to see that. My number five is uh, Future Imperfect. Yeah, um, my number three. Number three, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then for those who want to purchase it now, it's also collected in the Hulk the End uh, premier classic hardcover and also <laughs> Hulk in the, trade. Hulk the End will also show up then on my list. Uh, on mine as well. Yes. So, there yeah. Um, so, Future Imperfect, it's a, it's a great story by Peter David and George Perez. Uh, or Perez, sorry. I have to correct myself. The artwork is uh, kind of ridiculous in terms of like... I don't know what George Perez like when he decided I'm going to do group shots all the time, <laughs> and I'm going to do it like no one no one makes group shots like he does. Uh, the only bad thing about this story is the ridiculous Hulk costume. Yes, because he's true. just got that weird he's got the jumpsuit. And I remember that was on trading cards at the time, and I'm like, that's an ugly jumpsuit. Right. Um, but what do you want to say about uh, about Future Imperfect? Well, because you're I, you're I, more I of a Hulk fan. I won't so. steal all of your thunder. Uh, I'll say a couple things. Uh, I we said yeah, the art is amazing. And so, what's the basic premise of the story for those who don't know? Um, Hulk is pulled into the future. We actually start in the future. Um, we don't we don't see it from Hulk's perspective at the beginning, and and and, and later I'll explain why that's often a good thing in Hulk comics. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and so in this in this future we have you know a series of rebels uh, that are kind of living underground uh, trying to do something about the rule of the despotic leader who we don't see until the end of the first issue and it's, it was a two issue series when it came out mm-hmm. if you want to call it a series um, I think I think it was the end it was it was near the end anyway yeah it was in that first issue but it was after we'd already kind of been introduced to the world yeah and so in that world it's a world after all superheroes have have died. It's post-apocalyptic in the, from the perspective that it's the world has been ravaged by nuclear um, attacks and so forward. And, and basically what remains of the human race, at least in this area, is ruled over by a, by a despot who, who we later discover to be um, the future version of the Hulk, who has survived, has soaked in all the radiation over the years, has mm-hmm. been in some way responsible for killing a lot of the heroes who didn't just die of the, the, um, the, the bombs and so forward. Mm-hmm. And he's become this old, embittered tyrant um, and and really, it's fun. You see, one of the ideas is that that is the natural conclusion of what was at the time the professor personality, is that eventually he just becomes self obsessed and 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 he rules what remains of the world uh, with his his iron hand, and he's he's a very very dark reflection of some mm-hmm. of the optimism that was in the Professor Hulk mm-hmm. character. This idea that finally he's a complete person he can live a good life because he's got this complete mind and body mm-hmm. um, and yet the natural outcome of that is 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 just pain and suffering will never stop and they will twist you into this twisted f- figure 
mm. and then they then they fight. Uh, and, and it's a great fight too. I mean, <laughs> again, Perez is a, a brilliant artist, and uh, yeah, it's a really strong story. And also, I like I like Professor Hulk because I don't I haven't read a, a lot because his comic wasn't necessarily all that great during some of the Professor Hulk period. Yeah, a lot of the Pantheon stuff was a bit like it wasn't okay. a bad concept. I think they, they I think putting him part of a team was kind of an odd choice at the time, but it yeah. kind of made sense. I guess they they took him in a different direction. Um, but seeing Professor Hulk fight Maestro is just really cool stuff. Uh, my favorite panel in the series, though, is uh, the, the trophy room oh, of so uh, Rick Jones, which, I mean, if you ever look at it, uh, there's just so many like, goodies and, and Easter eggs in it. Um, basically, the, all the remnants of the heroic age in one room. And if you're a, a real Marvel Comics fan, you'll know most of the uh, artifacts. And actually, I remember reading it when I was much younger and being like, that's how it kind of came to know some of the artifacts that were even there. Like, there's some things I'm like, what is that? So I'd look it up, or I'd, I'd ask someone who who also read comics, and then I'd find out. So it's actually really cool, and it's a great kind of uh, moment of collection. I don't know. I, I love when artists do this type of stuff, where they have a loaded panel with so many little different details, and only George Perez could really put it together like this. Yeah, there's so um, much to enjoy in it. Like, just looking at it, I mean, it's very uh, of its time. Like, there's a shot where you have... Uh, the, the masks for both U.S. Agent and Captain America in the same spot. And you have the pristine Captain America shield and the shattered uh, U.S. Agent shield. And I love the, the Quasar um, cape. The, the Quasar cape still has the star field in it. Yeah. Um, like, even the the wizard's helmet's there. Um, there's some... Yeah. Anyways, I won't go on too far because, you know, unless you're holding this in front of you, it would be really boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even, like, Rick Jones appears to be in uh, Charles Xavier's hover chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, it's, it's cool stuff. It's a really really strong it was a great idea to have a future version of hulk and it's permeated throughout like people love the maestro like he's been put in games like there's they use him as like skin in different uh, hulk video games they put him into hero clicks like they put him into cards like he's such an enduring legacy of peter david and george perez like yeah. people love the idea of this character of this as you said natural conclusion of what the hulk could be yeah we, we were talking before the podcast about sort of the what is the dark reflection of the hulk who's actually also a physical match of the Hulk, and how it pretty much was the abomination up until he introduced the Maestro. And then in in one swathing sweep of two issues, mm-hmm. suddenly we have some, uh, so much more effective as that same device. Yeah. And they have by no means overused it, if anything, they've underused it. But he, he has recurred and come back, and he's just, it's so good here. You never need to see anything else, really. Yeah, and it's kind of a brutal ending for the Maestro <laughs> as well. And plus, this was an oversized... So if you do pick it up, like it might just be two issues, but those were oversized issues when they first came out. Um, it's a great. There's so much to look at. There's so much to read. It's great. Yeah, there's a lot in the artwork, and there's so much detail. So that was my number five. Nice. Um, so number that's, now you're number three. So what's your number four? Uh, I, can I cheat and, and have a tie? Uh, I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> I know it's been done before. Uh, it has happened. Be, I've, I've been policing I'm, it. I'm pretty sure I, it's happened with me and I've been yelled at for it, but it's okay. I, I like to think that the reason why I'm introducing them both is because they're thematically linked, okay. even if they're not content, like linked in terms of content. And okay. in this case, the theme of it is what I said earlier about sometimes uh, writers know when to introduce a character as the outsider in their story as opposed to the topic of the story was okay. the boy who wanted to be Spider-Man that it was more about the boy and yes. Spider-Man is, is seen as at, from the perspective of someone else yes definitely yeah and and this is very much in the case of the, the tie for me is Incredible Hulk 333 which okay. is called Quality of Life okay and then uh, much newer is the, the the Series 3 Incredible Hulk 82 which is Dear Trisha uh, they're oh, both okay. they're both one shots 
Okay. Kind of. Quality of Life's part of a story, but it, it's self-contained. Um, in Quality of Life, it's... Who wrote Quality of Life? Quality of Life was Peter David. In fact, they were both Peter David. Okay. Uh, because this is during a very brief period that Peter David came back. He wrote Dear Trisha. Okay. I think it was just before... Tempest Fugit? Uh, no, it was right that? after Tempest Fugit, just before Harris of M. There was a one-shot in between. Okay. And that was the one. In fact, I've got it here. That's odd placement. It is odd placement. I think that he kind of had to fill in a month. And the odd thing about it is it's also, it's collected in the Tempest Fugit um, trade, trade, if anyone ever gets it. It's also, as you can uh, probably tell, um, Jay Jay Lee's art. Interesting. And this is a good example of him knowing how to write for Jay Lee. I'll start with Quality of Life. I'll get to Deutrition in a second, actually. Sure. Um, Quality of Life is one where we, we meet... Um, I'm so bad with names. I think her name is Claire, but she's the wife of the sheriff in town, uh, okay. whose name is Mike White. Ironically, uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, a common acquaintance or friend of both of ours. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, hopefully, n- common name. Yeah, hopefully not not somebody to model them after because the, the the character in the comic is a is a, is just the quintessential bully. Now this oh. is during the green the Grey Hulk era um, when he was the new Grey, the Grey Hulk again. And he was kind of on the road with Rick Jones. It was just before he and Rick Jones and Clay Quartermain started to kind of tour around together. But the story is mostly set in in the in this town, this little town in which Mike White is the sheriff, and okay. he's this great big guy, this big bully. And it starts out he's a he's an abusive husband, and we're introduced to him basically lambasting his his wife, oh. and she's tortured and and and, and very unhappy. And at one point, she kind of she kind of grabs a gun and imagines holding it towards him, but it's not loaded in her mind. She imagines blowing him up, but what actually happens is he just smacks it out of her hand and smacks her down. Did before. I say this was a mature period? Fuck. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> like, and and this is part of it. It's a very serious story. Like, there are not a lot of laughs in the story, um, but while this is happening, and he's we inter- we're introduced to her whole backstory throughout the issue mm-hmm. of how she was, you know, his uh, her her high school sweetheart and crush. And that he was you know, the captain of a football team or something, and he was the the big the big man of the school. And she remembers there were a couple bullies that tried to come at him, and he beat up a whole bunch of bullies at once to defend her honor. Uh, and then there's a metal pipe, I guess, is tried to use against it, and he grabs it and he bends the metal pipe just to show it off to the bullies that he's he's the man. And now he's become the sheriff. But along the way, he just becomes so self obsessed um, and so much of a bully. Uh, that he goes from being this, 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 her ideal, her glimmering ideal, into a very dark uh, person and a, and a really damaging personality. Um, in the meanwhile, Hulk comes into town. This is while he was switching at night and day. Okay. Uh, and so, meanwhile, he, yeah, he he's trying to prevent Banner from getting back to Gamma Base. Uh, so that like he's, he knows he's going to turn back in the banner, but doesn't want Banner to be able to do anything. So the greatest scheme ever: he breaks into a liquor store and just because he his, his system burns off alcohol so fast that he yeah. just like drinks the liquor store in while he's transforming in the hopes that Banner will be so drunk when he comes out that he won't be able to do anything. That's fascinating, <laughs> and it works perfectly. Like, and they have him like they have little thought bubbles where he's like, you know, if I drink too much of this it'll kill Banner if I don't drink enough then he'll be sober enough to find his way back to Gamma Base so he's got to try to measure it just so and he does and so they pick up this hammered off his ass Bruce Banner and take him to the drunk tank where he encounters the sheriff um, 
and I'll come now to the conclusion because I think I've been explaining this for like four minutes. But anyway, it, it kind of requires a lot of explanation because a lot happens in one issue. Um, but the, he's trying to tell the sheriff, you know, I have to get out of here. I have to contact Gamma Base, and the sheriff's like, "This is my town. You know, you're, you don't tell. Give me orders." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of smacks Banner. This is around around nightfall, so he kind of he smacks Banner across the hands uh, with his iron bar, and he says, "You know, I I rule. This is my town, and I rule it with a strong right hand." And my iron uh, bar or whatever, mm-hmm. and then emerging from the shadows, of course, is now the Hulk. Is not yeah. Blaze's turn. He says, "Oh, what happens when you find somebody with a bigger bar?" And then they go into the middle of the town, and all the town is Baron's witness to this. The ultimate bully, um, just he just just comes across. He's making a complete joke, and it's really it's not funny. Um, it's the way it comes across is 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 is, is very conflicting. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know, you feel great about seeing this bully really get his comeuppance. On the other hand, you know, he he doesn't have a chance. And Hulk is is just laying into him. And and the Gray Hulk was was himself a great bully. Uh, and and he he's sort of saying, and and the whole town is cheering on the Hulk as he's beating up the sheriff because mm-hmm. they all hate him too. And now, the, and the sheriff keeps saying, oh, this is my town, I'll, I'll, I'll fight you, I'll beat you. And I was like, what are you doing? You're a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm not even breaking the sweat. You're absolutely nothing. And he's just crushing his self-esteem. And then his wife tries to stand up for him. She holds a gun towards the Hulk to say that, you know, stop beating up my husband or whatever. And then the husband starts ripping into her and, and saying she's making him look like a, a joke in front of the whole town. Oh. And then she kills him. She shoots him and, and kills crap. him. And then the Hulk thinks it's funny and leaps away. And that's the issue. Um, wow! Really strong issue. Sorry for how long that was. Everybody's listening. Maybe Adam will edit it. Um, I will not edit a thing. <laughs> that is in its entirety. For... <laughs> um, or I could just pretend I did edit it. It was really. It was a thirty-minute dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'd be thankful it's four minutes. Yeah, long. yeah. Uh, but uh, true. But anyway, like it's just it's remarkably powerful, and it's a, and it is one of those examples where it's the Hulk comes into somebody else's life, and and essentially just breaks down this this would-be bully drives the the woman into killing him there's no there's no right or wrong being presented here mm-hmm. it's just it does feel like very 80s peter david yeah because i think a lot of his comical nature and his more levity uh, occurred in the early to mid 90s yeah because he started writing stuff that was not as psychologically dense yeah because um, then i mean maybe not as aquaman uh, but like later when he was yeah. writing like Young Justice and that kind of stuff, like yeah, Super he started Exper- Supergirl, even X Factor. Like he was having more fun with it, especially the most current version of X Factor. But eighties period Peter David is much more serious. Like his first major work, he kills off a Spider Man character, uh, yeah. uh, Captain uh, Gene DeWolf. So yeah, this is that's very in keeping with his writing style at the time. He hadn't become funny yet. Yeah, like, he had humor. Yeah, but it was dark and it was much more. I think something about him and Hulk. Like he... Yeah, he really twigged with Hulk, and and it, there was there's something I don't know. I don't, I've also struggled to figure out what it is that just worked so well about that combination. But part of it was that Hulk is a character of psychological torment, uh, combined with with you know sort of the, the raw visceral enjoyment of just smashing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and 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 when those two things clash, Peter David is also good at dealing with the the deep on the one side and the fairly surface. He, mm-hmm. he he balances them well. I think that's a good why it's a good fit. So yeah, this is a pretty pretty heavy issue. Yeah, in the middle of your number four, so you're going yeah. to tell the other issue. Yeah, I just want a quick question because I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it because I forgot about it before. I was talking before the podcast with Nate previously, and he said if he was here, he would probably bring up. I don't know if he'd be on his list, but he'd bring up the 
the Bruce Jones run of the Hulk. Right. As a Hulk fan, yeah. uh, and a pretty big one, where would you, what is your feeling on Bruce Jones? Because Bruce Jones is a very different take on the Hulk. Yeah. Which was different from anything else, and he really put a very different spin on it. And a lot of people are very vocal that they either love it or hate it. Um, I, I would I would say if I had to be vocal about it, I would say I hate it. Uh, I don't okay. I don't hate you it. You don't hate it. It's um, just not quite the Hulk you wanted to read. Yeah, it isn't quite the Hulk I wanted to read. I feel like it was as, as opposed to Peter David, where I feel like some of the the new directions he took were grounded in decisions made about the character. I think that with Bruce Jones, it felt like the Hulk was an incidental character in a different story he wanted to tell. He was telling a kind of a most black opsy plot. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, conspiracy and espionage kind of feeling yeah. with a character on the run, and I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, like it's just with with there was a lot of that that stuff, but he, he didn't he he never really captured the fact that the part of the thing about the Hulk is that he is such a force of nature, um, and the Hulk was a little bit too easy to sort of control and manipulate through that period mm. to really feel Hulk like. It felt like storytelling at the expense of the character, as opposed to storytelling grounded in the character. Okay. So, in a way, I enjoy the. I think I would enjoy the stories more if it wasn't the Hulk. I did like some little things that he did, like again more scenes that he used. Like the, I feel like they really uh, took advantage of some of the good things from that run and put them into the Incredible Hulk movie. Yes, the whole idea yeah, that I the Mister Blue, Mister Green, uh, even just like the, the kind of the meditation idea. Uh, I also like the idea of the, of the Hulk ship. Not the Hulk, maybe, but I like Bruce Banner being having a shaved head. Yeah, I don't know why that just worked. For yeah, me. It, was it, like... it was kind of cool. And in fact, in general, it was the Bruce Banner writing was was the strongest stuff of Bruce Jones era. And in, in a way, it is a Bruce Banner. Like the Hulk, in spite of the name on the comic, is is very much Bruce Banner's story. The only problem is that the Hulk is also a payoff to that story. And in a way, it almost Bruce Jones almost felt like the the old Bill Bixby show. Um, yeah, where the Hulk seemed to interrupt uh, an otherwise pretty respectable story. <laughs> I like those old shows, but it's, the Hulk is not the good part. The Hulk is always like, oh, yeah. what's he doing here? I'm more interested in how Bill Bixby is getting involved in the life of these people in this small town. Well, it's almost like the issue you just talked about, though. Is the Hulk is very incidental in that story. Yeah, but he is incidental as the Hulk, at he, least. At least he's the Hulk, yeah. And, and, and as Banner for that. Because like, Banner is the one who first says, you know, you're, he's, he says, you have to do something. We have to, we, we have to contact Anabase or whatever. And it's only because, even though it's, it's because it's a turn nightfall, it is ultimately the fact that he, he dismisses Banner and, and smacks him or whatever. The Hulk even says, you know, you shouldn't have messed with Banner. Um, even though the Hulk oh, even doesn't, says that, he yeah. doesn't really like Banner, but he says, yeah, the, the Grey Hulk just says, you know, I would have just left you alone, but you shouldn't have, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have messed with Banner, and now I'm going to mess with you. So the second issue on your your tie, yeah. this one's a lot easier to to sum up. Okay, um, so it's Jay Leon Art. Jay Leon Art. So that what a choice. That is very distinct. Sure is. I don't think of him as being an artist who would do Hulk. No, and and there isn't a lot of Hulk in this issue. Okay, um, but this is a good example, I think, of of, of knowing who you're who's drawing your comic. Um, because the it's called Dear Trisha, and it's the narrative is a letter that Bruce is writing to a now dead girl named Trisha, okay. who he never got a chance to get to know. But maybe if he doesn't had... that sound like a Jeff Loeb idea? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But it's, see how well it's, it's treated. Like, Damn here. it! You used my idea. Yeah. Now I gotta have him talk to Doc Sampson and Hulk Gray. Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> uh, and so the idea is that like he encounters this girl named Trisha as Banner. He's walking through the streets of London. It's it's all very foggy as you can see, and it's very Jaylee. very Jaylee, very Jaylee. If, if Jaylee had to like make a stereotype of himself, then this would be it. And there's yeah. Trisha, nice looking girl. Um, For those who can't see, yeah, she's a nice looking girl. <laughs> just, yeah, in case you're wondering. Um, and uh, what issue is this again? This oh, is uh, this would be the Hulk number eighty two. 
okay. from the third series of The Incredible Hulk. Okay, and this is collected in the Tempest Fugit trade, which is yeah. out of print now? Or? I don't know if it's out of print. I mean, I got this a few years ago, but... It's probably out of print. Okay. I feel like everything after Planet Hulk is probably out of print. Yeah, probably. That's right before. They maybe. certainly ignored it when they made the Hulk set for Heroplex, but everything before <laughs> a Planet Hulk didn't exist. Yeah, no, that's kind of um, true. But anyway, we'll get to that some other time. Um, in, in this issue, basically, he encounters this girl named Trisha. They have two pages of dialogue um, at most they have like basically one page of dialogue Okay. and then they part ways she kind of saves him from a car that would hit him because he forgets what side of the street they, they travel on and they have a few a few laughs and a, a little bit of dialogue and then they leave and, and as he's leaving he's, he's sort of thinking well there's there's somebody whose life I didn't ruin just by being in it mm-hmm. and then it's like more fool I and then her car blows up um, and oh. he comes out as the Hulk and eventually kind of identifies a thug that's running away and and, and, and goes and, and kills him. And it turns out that Trisha is a Did mom. Did Hulk kill someone? I think so. He, he, actually, no, he, he just intimidates him and he gives him a heart attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he didn't actually physically. No, you see how, you see this is what's happening here. The Hulk is now throwing everything uh, in the world. I'm having throwing, a page shown to me. He's just, uh, for everybody, on, everybody online, uh, he's throwing cars into the air and chasing okay. after a thug and the thug is like, tries to shoot him uh, and, and succeeds by shooting him in the chest and it doesn't do anything. And then he has a heart attack. Okay, but the I feel like that'd be a very common occurrence. I, I would... Oh crap! It's the Hulk. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if anyone just kind of you know makes it up and just pretend to have a heart attack, and maybe the Hulk will leave you alone. Yeah. And so the, the the crux of the issue is is then that Trisha comes back as an astral form because I guess she was a, a, a small time mage. She even says like I'm not Doctor Strange or anything, oh, okay. but she's a little bit of an astral person, and she has a bunch of enemies, and she's her astral form will fade in 24 hours. And she has to figure out who it was, and she asks if the Hulk will help her. And for whatever reason, the Hulk's like, Doesn't okay. Does it sound like a TV show? A little like bit. the plot of one? Like, and it certainly sounds like the plot of a one-shot. Like, yeah. This is very... i got 24 hours to figure out who killed me. Like, yeah. Damn, that is ready to go. It is. And, and so it is, like, it's a, it's definitely something we've seen before. And that's what all that happens. The Hulk goes around to the various different mystic, uh, other practitioners of the mystic arts in London, and, 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 and says, you know, are you responsible? And the idea is that somehow Trisha will know. But turns out it was actually... The, either her husband or the guy who was going to be her husband or something some some close relation to him obviously it was a very uh, powerful <laughs> issue and it affected you deeply and you can never forget it I'm bad with specifics you no see. no it's okay and also I'd like to think that maybe people online will read it so maybe they'll they'll find oh it's uh, yeah it was he it, looks like Tony Stark oh, okay yeah that the, guy yeah it's that guy um, he looks like Tony Stark for those who can't see it was the kid that's what it is it was her fiance's well don't give it away her fiance's son oh, arranged it you just ruined it well, there you no go no one's gonna read this now yeah, they probably should <laughs> uh, and then basically he's you know it turns out that's the one and as she's fading she realizes that, that it was her fiance's son and, okay. and her he's gonna get thrown out because he's banner at the time but of course it turns into the Hulk and there's nothing you can do then and he says you know I'm not gonna kill you uh, but you better run and you better just keep on running and if you ever stop running then I'll be there interesting and so again that's the end is the Hulk is Hulk avenges her sort of interesting and it's just the, what's nice about it is it, they just very briefly meet um, the, the two and, and you never really learn what kind of a relationship could be with these two characters mm-hmm. um, but the Hulk gives her a bit of closure and then they go their separate ways and we never hear of her again oh fair enough it's just a well told story I guess okay Anyway. Uh, my number four we're still on four right we are on four okay uh, my number four was Hulk the end alright that's my number one it's your number one sure is I will turn the floor over to you then no 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 like no no, no it's, your, it's your, your category go ahead um, 
Oh, I think you're much better spoken than I am. But uh, Hulk the End is a series of one-shots that they did with Marvel that they had a lot of end stories. Mm-hmm. I think it started with Hulk. Or, was it, or is it Avengers The Last Story first? I don't know. The only ones I, I read Hulk were FF the, and... Hulk is the best, yeah. I would say, arguably. Uh, although the current Daredevil End of Days isn't bad, but it's way too long. <laughs> uh, it's eight issues when it should have been six. Um, so this was just a, like, basically a one-shot, and it's a great... Hulk is... You know, Banner's very old. He's... Like, I didn't even say how old he is, but like, how is he I think still that alive? at some point they do mention... Basically, everyone in the world is dead. Yes. And it's just him and, like, bugs. And no matter what, he can't die because the Hulk will always save him. Um, Dale Keown does the artwork. Peter David wrote it. Boy, he's, he's, like, I love the artwork in this. I don't care if it seems very Dale Keown's sort of indie stuff. It doesn't matter. This is Dale Keown. It does a really good Hulk. And he does, he's really, he does the big, strong artwork extremely well. The post-apocalyptic thing. Yeah, it's a really, again, this is Peter David exploring the psychology of this character where... There's other issues, other uh, issues on my list, which will also kind of tie into this idea that Hulk just won't let Banner die. Yeah, and until I guess Banner does kind of die at the end, doesn't he? At the end, kind I of? think the what we're led to the believe is that is, the the Banner personality forever goes away, and it's and it's just Hulk, and he's left alone and cold, which is all he ever wanted. But yeah. now he's alone and it's cold. Yeah, an idea that there was a warmth in Banner, like it's it's such a chilling ending. I'm I'm getting goosebumps even now when you're sitting across the room from me holding it. Uh, it's uh yeah it's it's a it's a really brilliant again take on future hulk i like that it it's different from maestro it's i don't know it doesn't actually preclude the idea that maybe he was maestro at, at some yeah, time in the past. this is even later this it is, doesn't matter it's it's yeah. after everyone else is gone hulk persists no matter what exactly and even uh, after banner and then yeah finally. even after banner finally is allowed to go and there's some chilling moments in here where like banner trying to kill himself and just not thinking about it just, just walking off a cliff and he even says like I had to not think about it. I had to just do it, and he still can't die. Yeah, and like, isn't he's attacked by bugs in here at some point? Yeah, and the bugs like are ripping him apart, and he turns into Hulk. Like, Hulk yeah. will not let him just go. Well, it's all a metaphor, also for for Prometheus, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the idea that they, they, they he he the 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 comparisons made is is uh, saying that you know he brought the nuclear fire. Uh, he became the, the 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 quintessential example of the nuclear fire, and, and that's sort of back to Prometheus bringing uh, fire and forever tortured for having done so. Yeah. And the torture of uh, of Prometheus, as we may recall, is that he doesn't die. Uh, his innards are, are eaten and the, he invariably heals up That's before right. it happens again. That's yeah. exactly what happens with Hulk. The cockroaches I tear him like apart. I do like the idea that Banner gets to watch it and yeah. he's recording it. Like That's which is messed up too. Yeah. Like, like He's keeping tabs on himself yeah. and, what, and what's been going through and what life is really like. It's just, it's fascinating. And, uh, Dale Keown nails it in artwork. I sure mean, it, it's it's worth picking up this either trade or hardcover of uh, the end because you get Future Imperfect and you get the end, which two great ideas which don't preclude each other from happening. Yeah. Uh, although I guess Future Imperfect kind of does because Maestro gets sent back at the end. Yeah. And he kind of blows up. Yeah, but that's one of many different. One of many one of different many futures, possible yeah. endings that could really happen. Yeah. Uh, time is fluid in the Marvel universe, and so anything could could happen. But yeah. no, this is one of my favorite Hulk stories. It's yeah. It's interesting. It's it's very non-canon, but it doesn't need to be canon to be great. Yeah, it's in like when I was looking at it, trying to figure out what would be my favorite story. It just it's the one I keep coming back to. I could read it over and over again and never seem to tire of it. Partly the visuals are amazing, and part of it is it just it captures the the psychology of it so well, and you really can't get any. What I mentioned earlier about the you know boomerang is not going to be on my list of top five. 
but it was the first comic that introduced this idea of the Hulk never gives up and the Hulk's pugnaciousness. Mm. This is the perfection of that as not only a, a, a certain quality of the character, but as the quintessence of the character. Mm. The Hulk never stops fighting, and it, he will never stop surviving. Um, even after everything, even though half of, everyone, him, half of him wants to die, yeah, but he can't. Yeah, he is. He's built to last. Exactly, he is built to outlive and outfight, and 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 you know, Hulk. The whole like Hulk so, never so loses. He's the, he's the sole survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He didn't outwit, yeah. but he definitely outplayed <laughs> and outlasted everyone else. <laughs> that he did. Yeah, he did not outwit. Uh, but Although yeah, as Maestro, he probably would. Yeah, probably. And then well, that's Banner. Um, uh, but his yeah the whole idea that that he he is just built to to last through anything and that he will the the, the whole thing with Savage Hulk the Hulk never loses or whatever and in the end Hulk the end yeah. he never loses and it's it, interesting it's not even Hulk's real end it's just the the end of the struggle of Bruce Banner and Hulk yeah. we don't actually know how Hulk dies maybe he's no. there until the until the sun blows up yeah he might be the, exactly like, he could be there forever yeah. Like, because he doesn't seem to really age, yeah. like his human body does, but I mean, his gamma body doesn't. And that's really why he's so. not, and, and, and like, the, the Hulk is not a fully f- fleshed out human-esque character. I mean, that's part of what makes him a monster, mm-hmm. is that he's more than a human would be. So the fact that he can literally just exist forever, um, content in, in, in being the strongest one there is, uh, and the last one there is, and the only one there is... Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's not a human thing. Eventually, you'd break that down. That's yeah. what, part of what makes the Hulk inhuman by nature, mm-hmm. and thus incomplete as a character unto himself. That's yeah. why I think well, he's often very single-minded as well. Like as you said, there have been times where he's been extremely childlike. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of going in one direction on the childlike scale, like where only one thing matters, and he's obsessed with being the strongest. Yeah, I mean. Onslaught pissed him off because he didn't include him on like people he defeated. Yeah, and he's like, "You left me off the list," and then he gets angry. Like, there's such a huge part of the character that there's a bit of ego to him, especially when he's totally. gray. Oh, absolutely. When he's Joe Fixit, I mean, he's he's got a lot of ego to him. Yeah. Uh, when he's more childlike, he doesn't have as much, but it's still there. Oh, yeah, he's still got to be the strongest one. There's a there's this obsession with it. Yeah, whereas the Banner side is too uh, almost too smart for his own good, where he doesn't he's too modest. Yeah. He, like he, well, except for I guess in the last ten years, where he's been a little bit more like uh, upfront about his his brilliance. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you have you been reading. Oh well, yeah, I was going to bring up Indestructible Hulk. Indestructible Hulk yeah. is a banner who's been like, I why can't I be Tony Stark? Like why can't I be that kind of hero? Why can't everyone call me or be looking forward to me showing up? Why do I always have to be on the run? Why do I have to be the monster? Why can't I put the monster to good use and train it like a gun? Yeah, uh, you know, gun is is a horrible thing in the hands of the wrong person. Yeah. So let's focus that gun properly. So it's an interesting, you know, the, the, so that's the more current banner. But before that, he was much more modest, much more just wanted to get rid of it, just yep. like it was a cancer. Yeah, the exactly. one the Hulk was pissed off all the time. No kidding. Yeah, he's always. I'm not a cancer. I'm the strongest there is. Yeah, and it was only really during the Gray Hulk period that's when he started to say like, you know, you've been spending forever trying to get rid of me. I'm going to try to get rid of you, and he does for a while. He manages to suppress Banner, and he kind of. It's a bit of a battle of wits between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Actually, speaking of battle of wits, did you read the most recent uh, Hulk before Indestructible started, where it was the Stay Angry arc of Hulk? Yeah, which was weird. And the I'm... art just it just killed it for me. He looked okay. he looked like a professional wrestler. It's true, but if you get beyond that, <laughs> Are you, it's possible. The, it's kind of possible. <laughs> that whole idea of the arc was that the Banner side had gone crazy, and it was the Hulk who was the hero, 
and he had to stay angry so that he wouldn't turn into Banner, yeah. which is a total flip, and he would find himself in the weirdest places, and he'd have to free himself and try to try to stay angry. And like they had a great like one issue with the Punisher, and he's just like asking the Punisher, you know, shoot me in the face, yeah, you know, make me yeah. angry. I do have that issue, and then he's just like, okay, you can stop now. Yeah. But like it was just a great concept of flipping that you know that eternal struggle, and now now suddenly we're rooting for for the Hulk because Banner's batshit crazy, yeah. And like he's try- although it ends up he's not actually as bad as crazy as it seems. It was an odd arc, but yeah, the the outcome was the outcome was probably unavoidable, but a little bit disappointing. So number three on your list, what uh, what do we got? Well, that was Future Imperfect. Oh, that's right. We yeah, were, I, I keep stealing your list. It's okay. No, you're you're what you steal on. So I, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Incredible Hulk four hundred and twenty hmm. by Peter David and oh, Gary yeah. Frank, which is the, the I guess the cancer issue. Yeah, yeah. Is, or for the AIDS issue. Sorry, not the cancer. Yeah. Uh, Jim Wilson, who had been um, here too. Oh, you have it. There you go. It was shortlisted as well. It was on your shortlist, eh? Yeah. So um, I remember reading about this in Wizard long before I actually picked it up. Because uh, I heard about it, it was a very important issue. You had uh, a character who was the uh, Hulk's friend, Jim Wilson, who I haven't read a lot of, to be honest. No, for much more than neither did really had I. Jim Wilson, I think, was was during periods where I was either looking away or something. Because I, I did read about him in this period, but I don't know that much about him before that. So this is very sure. early Gary Frank art, and the idea is that Jim Wilson's dying of AIDS. Look at that t-shirt. Uh, this is also yeah, <laughs> fine looking muscle Hulk, shirts. Hulk wears muscle shirts all the time because he's <laughs> Professor Hulk at this point. And it's it's, just, it's an interesting, it's a very not quiet issue in a lot of ways because there's not a lot of action. Yeah. It's more about Jim Wilson wants to wants to live, and he thinks that the only way he can do it is if the Hulk gives him the transfer of his blood. Right. Hulk has done this in the past. Hasn't worked out well. It's worked out well. Worked out well enough for Joe for Walters, but not at first. You remember when she was savage. At first, she was savage, and it was her. And eventually, she became sensational. Yeah, Uh, and has been savage again. I mean, you could argue that she's probably better off for it, but certainly a lot of uh, a lot of pain has been brought into her life. Yeah, and most people who've been infected with gamma stuff have had bad things happen to them. So Jim keeps asking him, and Hulk finally kind of lets him think that he said yes. And that he's going to give him the blood, but he didn't. Yeah. And it's just this this tragic moment where Jim Wilson knows that he's not getting the transfer, but he won't let Hulk know that he knows. And it's it's, it's really very, it's heartbreaking. It's very very powerful. And then and then he dies, and then uh, like Hulk knows that you know that Jim figured it out, and he just like there's this great panel where he just walks right through a wall, and, yeah. and they don't. It's not played for laughs. It's played as just like he's so lost in that moment that he just can't handle that he's lost a friend, and that his friend knew that he couldn't be there for him even though uh, his friend put up a good fight for him yeah. you know that even though he was the one dying he put on a brave face for Hulk yeah. to make Hulk not have to to feel as much pain um, it's it's extremely moving uh, it deserved being on whatever wizard list I remember reading it on yeah. um, and again it's just a relatively early and people didn't know a lot about AIDS when this was I think in 93 or 4 so it's was pretty, it really that early I think it's that early I must um, have been reading it earlier than I thought it was yeah. actually unfortunately the, on on the issue, I mean, you can barely read it, but in the it says in the shadow of AIDS, just below yeah. the Hulk masthead, which is kind of yeah, like interesting because it's it's the shadow, but yeah, very yeah this is August nine ninety four. Okay, so it's very early um, and ex- extremely well handled. I mean, Peter David doesn't make it a sermon; he doesn't make, he he just tells an emotional story about about friendship. Yeah, and it's much in the same way that we were talking about uh, you know the quality of life. That's you know dealing to a certain extent with spousal abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and domestic violence again it's just a story in which it features 
And, and the best stories often, I find, that deal with some of the heavier issues in that regard, at least more serious ones that people tend to be very opinionated on, um, or the various, it impacts strongly upon your, your thinking. Um, a lot of the times, just, just telling a story uh, in relation to it is a great way of, of, of getting people to think about an issue. You don't have to take a stance, and a lot of times it's really dangerous. And, and, it and, could just seem preachy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read DC Decisions. No. It was a 2008 miniseries. I already, I, I already, I do, because it's DC for one thing, so yeah. they, are, they can a, be preachy. It was, a, it was a 2008 miniseries, and it was basically, uh, why not have a miniseries where we have all of our heroes come out as being... Uh, with whatever political party that they're that they would vote for, really. Let's say, so it's like a PSA only, in... kind of. But it's not with real politicians. Obviously, it's got the DC universe fake versions. Sure. But it just felt very forced and not necessary at all. Like there's certain characters you get with their stances. Like for people who read DC, you understand where Hal Jordan usually stands, or like Green Arrow, or even Batman or Superman. Generally, it's pretty easy to guess where their philosophies would lie. Same with Marvel with Captain America. And uh, you know, anyone involved in the Civil War, really. Yeah, it kind of, It features kind of the, that uh, thinking. There's enough in there in the way that they present the characters. We don't have, need to have you come out and say it directly. But yeah. that's what that whole miniseries is about. And it was terrible. Plus, it had a hor- <laughs> it, uh, Jericho, sure. uh, Deathstroke's son. Yeah. He was the villain of the piece, and it was awful. Why did they need a villain in a piece that was essentially about people presenting their political leanings? I don't know, and it was like four issues. Like it could have been one, and it would have been too much. And it was <laughs> it could have been one bad issue, but they made it four bad issues. Yeah, and I don't even know why I read them all. I think it was just like I just couldn't that's, help that's, it. That's I, the cross that you bear. <laughs> yeah, I think I was reviewing them for as a comic stream at the time, and I was just like, I'm going to read this. I'm going to review. It. No, I should not have. I could never get that time back. <laughs> um, but anyway, so moving on from there. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I really liked that issue. So it was on your kind of yeah. That would list. that would be on like I if my if I'm being honest like my short list is, is long if I I kind of wanted to isolate certain I things I found it really hard I don't usually have this many honorable mentions and part of it's usually because there's like five of us and I know I don't have time to air yeah. them but I found it difficult because there's a lot of stuff I really liked but I was like what is really my favorite and what you also pointed out earlier is true that Hulk often doesn't get a spotlight put on him and part of that in relation to that is that there aren't a lot of overarching Hulk stories in the way there are for other characters. No. Like when you did your top five Wolverine and your and Spider Man and X Men, like I for all those characters, even though I I've obviously read more Hulk than any of the above, I've read enough of all the above. And I could name, especially with X Men, I named so many events, so mm. many things that you could say is a storyline. But for Hulk, it's a short in fact even coming up with five isn't so easy. Easier in the last few years, but I don't always like all the ones from the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but you're right. Until he actually had multiple titles, then you start seeing like World War Hulks and all this stuff, which yeah, just made me fall the Hulks. And, yeah, it just made uh, me throw up my hands and go, I don't even know where to start because yeah. I kind of bowed out after World War Hulk because I was like, I was enjoying reading Hulk, and then Jeff Lo- suddenly then, Jeff Loeb was on board. Then, then Jeff Loeb was there, and then it became yeah. unreadable. And then you had Greg Pak coming back and writing it at the same time as Jeff Loeb, and I was just like, I. I feel like part of this is going to be great and part yeah. of this is going to be painful. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be very right. That's exactly and what it was. So in, I've, I've in read... one, in one, it's a psychological uh, ex- examination of what Banner's role is in in the world, and the other one, then the Watcher's getting punched out by the yeah, Red Hulk. That's always what I go back to. It's interesting. <laughs> I feel like once, see, I actually really like Red Hulk as a character now. Yeah. Which I did not think would ever happen, but again, it happened once Jeff Loeb left. Jeff Parker and, and also whoever was writing, I guess it was um, obviously Bendis doing Avengers for some Yeah, that, that one issue in AVX where uh, Red Hulk goes to assassinate Cyclops. Yeah. If this had been a Red Hulk discussion, or 
if I had felt safe enough to mention a Red Hulk story, which I did not feel, <laughs> I might have mentioned that because that was a brilliant. That felt like the, one of the first times where it really felt like it wasn't just a Red Hulk character. This was General Ross yeah. acting as the Red Hulk, and what that would really be like. This is a man who is very military, and what does a military man do faced with the power of a god? And God, and when he's fueled by this amazing engine of destruction himself, and it just felt like. So right, yeah. Like suddenly, finally, someone wrote a General Ross story that actually made sense of him being the Hulk, yeah. And no one, and I was surprised that Bendis wrote it because he's not always the greatest in that kind of field. Yeah, exactly. He's good at captions and and, and witty comments and people um, hanging around the dinner table <laughs> discussing things. Exactly. I mean that he's he's among the best. <laughs> I don't know if he's the best. I feel like... <laughs> One of the best writers of irrelevance. Yeah, well, I, I put him up with Chris Claremont writing baseball games, you know? Yeah, like, sure. They both have this love yeah. of relative mundane ideas. And there's nothing really... And, like, that type of thing is great sometimes. That's why I used to love... Well, I used to love Generation X and New X-Men. Basically, any X-Universe title that focuses on the kids in the okay. school, yeah. I loved. Because there was lots of moments of that type of thing. Yeah. But it's not... Uh, it's nice... Yeah, you're right. When he did it with the Red Hulk, that, that one great issue... It was running against perhaps the the Bend stereotype, but running really well. Yeah, and even I was not a big fan of Walt Simonson's tenure because I feel like I love his older stuff. I don't think he's I don't know if his artwork doesn't quite mesh with today's storytelling as well. And yeah. and part of it's just what I'm used to. I'm used to a certain modern art style, and it doesn't quite fit that. It's still good, but that issue of Avengers was brilliant, and yeah. I, like I felt his artwork really worked. Uh, which I again was shocked because I'm not I wasn't at that point I was very cool on Bendis on Avengers wasn't really sure about Walt Simonson doing the artwork and then doing a Red Hulk story it was like a recipe for disaster for a recipe for me wanting to use it as toilet paper and instead I was like <laughs> this is fantastic yeah um, so that was my number three was yeah um was Incredible Hulk 420. Yeah. What's your number two? Which I guess actually, you which, know what? Which, I'm is not the only one that. left? Yeah. Um, uh, is it Planet Hulk? Of course it is. Okay, that's my number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, to be honest, it was my number one. As you've been talking, I've relegated it to number two. Do you want to get your number one out of the way for the purposes of a longer Planet Hulk discussion? Yeah, or do, let's what do, do you want that. to do? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my number one. Okay. Uh, my number one was hard to. I was going to put them as two separate. I'll bet I own it based on the based on the advertisements on the back. Oh, the advertisements oh, on the back. For those who are listening, uh, Adam has the issues. Uh, we're at his house. That helps. Um, this is true. Whereas I brought a few with me, but I, I mostly just kind of thought it out in my head and made notes. Um, and so what's happening right now is that Adam's pulling out the issue, and it's on the back. It's the old uh, Buffy. It's one of those old Got Milk commercials with uh, with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, that's, a good, that's just the way we like. So I, I was, I was torn because I had two issues that I put, which they're right next to each other in terms of numbering, but they're so different. Yeah, I know. You know which ones I'm, I'm sure. About? I'm almost sure. Right, yep. So, so uh, Incredible Hulk 466, which is the death of Betty, which again doesn't matter anymore. But at of. the time, I still don't know how she's back. I feel like I, I missed something along the way. Did she come back in Tempest Fugit? Or didn't she come back before that? Because wasn't yeah, she around maybe she Bruce was Jones back. at the end? I don't know. And to be honest, I almost don't care. Yeah. Um, her death was extremely well done. It was obviously written by Peter David. It was artwork by Adam Hubert. He knew he was on his way out. This is the second last issue he wrote. Um, the, the issue before it ended with uh, Betty coming out of like the shower or whatever. And they're thinking about taking a pardon for the Hulk, I think. Yeah. And things are going to be good. Things are going to be great, which you know means things are going to go to shit. <laughs> uh, and suddenly Betty's like stricken with this this I guess virus or yeah, infection. Yeah. And the idea is that um it's 
she's infected with a gamma radiation and it's from a lifetime of being exposed to the Hulk and she's dying and they need to try and save her and it's uh it's you have part of Hulk uh, there's a great part where uh, General Ross is kind of going crazy and just screaming at Banner uh, who's actually Hulk at this point who's just like yeah um, um, shutting himself down he's kind of on the ground with like his his arms around his knees and then the Hulk just screaming at him like I didn't do it yeah I didn't do this to her and then turning into Banner and and getting to work and having to try and save her life and uh I guess and there's Throughout the issue, I guess it's part of her book. Yes, right? it's her book. She wrote a, a book, and they have this kind of retrospective on their their life. Marlowe's reading it, in a kind of Marlowe's yeah, reading the life story uh, that Betty, Betty wrote, and um, I guess doesn't um, Banner take off his own wedding ring and put it in Betty's hands for luck? And yeah, for luck, and she's holding them. It's extremely sad. <laughs> no, and uh, at the end, unfortunately, it's not enough, and she's kind of flatlining and just having Banner just freaking out about it. And just screaming, and then uh, Thunderbolt Ross is crying, and then her hand kind of goes loose, and the the ring just bounces onto the ground. Like yeah. extremely effective stuff. Great artwork, by Adam Kubert. Um, yeah, and it really shows the versatility of him, even at this time. I mean, this is fairly early Kubert. Yeah. Isn't it? And it, um, yeah, no, he'd already done like Hulk and stuff, so like he 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 had a lot of yeah. of work under his uh, under his belt, but. His stuff on, on Hulk was something special. Yeah, his, his real style, because whenever they're doing like the, the scenes that are from her her book, then it's this very dreamlike, uh, sort of long strokes yeah. uh, type of, 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 of visual. Oh, totally. Um, and he captures like certain, like if you've been a long-time Hulk fan, which I know you are, yeah. um, there's some classic moments that he kind of does in his own style. It kind of reminds me of how um, Jim Lee illustrated uh, some flashback sequences in Hush. Yeah. Uh, that kind of, there's kind of a... Uh, a, a haziness, a fog, mm-hmm. because it's you're remembering something or uh, fog of memory. Exactly, and it's it's extremely um, heartfelt. Uh, you do definitely feel like this is you know really a sad moment for the character. Again, it loses a little bit. I find that on a lot of my lists, I have deaths of characters because usually those are the ones where the writers put a lot of more pathos in there and they try to really make you care and make you connect. As long as they're doing the death in the correct way, mm-hmm. uh, so these are, this is death that feels like it matters. Now it doesn't, but yes. kind of like Aunt May's death, where like it doesn't matter, but if you read it for what it is, you mean in four hundred? Yeah, yeah. Amazing Spider-Man yeah, four hundred. I, love that. I mean, the death of Aunt May felt like it mattered, and like it was the end of that character, and it felt right. And she, I, even here, like it didn't feel like. I mean, obviously, the circumstances of Betty's death would then be discussed later on. That I guess it was Abomination's fault, or kind of. It, there, there's some question because Tempest Fugit basically. Opened the door as a possible retcon of almost okay. everything that Bruce Jones did, or not? Okay. The kind but of the even end... before that, wasn't there like an Incredible Hulk twenty five? Yeah, it wasn't there. They talked about that that abomination was actually the one yeah. who injected her with. The... Whereas when this was done, it was the idea that it was just a lifetime of exposure, and I almost liked it more that way. Oh, but yeah, that's that, much better because it's it kind of reminded me again of Aunt May's death, where she died of old age. Betty died not because of any specific thing that was done to her or any supervillain's plot. At least originally, it was yeah. because of the being close to the man she loved for that long, yeah. and that it, it was toxic. What a perfect, yeah. perfect storyline for a Hulk uh, yeah. thing! Like that is that is what the Hulk is about mm-hmm. is, is the the tortures of all the characters, her and 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 Banner, obviously and, Banner's and story. Rick and Rick because he's been he's been through the <laughs> ringer too. Yeah, I mean now he's not so bad, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, at the time, yeah, that, and the idea that their relationship was toxic and they actually killed her. Yeah. Fascinating. And then the next issue is 
Uh, Peter David Swan song, uh, Incredible Hulk 467. I didn't, I remember a little a side note about this issue is that this is, I was reading, I didn't read like Wizard and stuff, and I didn't really know comic news. I only knew the issues as I picked them up. Okay. So I didn't know he was leaving the book. Oh, yeah. And and I wasn't even completely clear that's what was happening here, even though at the very end it says like X writer. Yeah, I didn't know either, actually, when it first came out. I remember I, I was in a magazine store and I bought, I think, 464. Yeah. And then I was buying some other things and I just kind of threw it in my pile. And I liked it. And I was like, I'll read the next issue. And then the next two issues were, again, ended up being my favorites. And yeah. I don't think I, I think I was like, you know what? If he's done, I'm done too. Yeah, I was I, just, I couldn't, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, I, how can I go on with this book? Um, I guess talk, you should probably talk about the issue. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a, basically, it's Rick Jones in the future. And it sounds like it's Peter Parker he's talking to, I think. Yeah, I think that is the idea. I think that's yeah. the inclination. And uh, again, it's just Rick Jones saying basically what happened after Betty died, and it a lot of it's it's future history. Uh, some of it could still potentially have happened. I've heard that it was like what Peter Dave was thinking. It's ideas, kind of his version of the end. Ideas almost. of what he might have done had he been had he stayed on the book. And it feels that way because yeah. and, and again you have this idea that you know in it uh, Bruce tries to kill himself. He tries to jump off the Empire State Building. He can't die. Mm-hmm. The Hulk won't let him, even though he's he's just racked with this the sadness. And then there's this creepy moment in the end where he kind of comes back, where Hulk just disappears for a while, and he shows up and he talks to him. And actually, there's a few points in there where he just turns to the Hulk, and nothing happens. Yeah. his heart rate doesn't change. Yeah, that was the which end. is creepy as hell because the whole idea is the Hulk is triggered by rage, and it's the point where he's got nothing left, and he just he can just change the Hulk, and nothing is really fundamentally changed. Like, what does that speak to Bruce Banner as a character now? If he now he really is Hulk, yeah. but he still wants to die. Um, also, there's for fans of the the um, uh, Rick Jones uh, room in the Future Imperfect. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of Easter eggs behind Rick Jones uh, yeah. here, and at the end you see that he's got I guess Betty's ashes with him, yeah. um, which is also significant because he has them in uh, Future Imperfect. So there's a lot of connections with that as well. And again, once again, here's Peter David kind of combining with a bit of of, of literature. I mean, in this case. Uh, he's ref- he references a large portion of, of Ozymandias by Percy by Shelley, mm-hmm. which is a, an old poem, um, which has to do with sort of the the impermanence of things. And in that in, in that poem, uh, it's a he's basically an ode to a cracked and crumbled statue, at which the base says on it that you know my works will forever remain mighty, and all around is the is just yeah. sand. Uh, and this idea of the the impermanence of of, of Force. And in this case, he's it's, he's using it as a metaphor for his own writing, mm-hmm. um, and also a bit of a of a metaphor for the the the, the Hulk is that everything in, everything in his life is, that seems solid slips away, yeah. and, and the lone and level sands are all that remains. Mm-hmm. Um, um, from the art as well, I mean, it's a very distinct visual style to the book. Whenever you have a shot of Rick Jones, it's always him sitting in front of a fireplace in front of these trophies of his life as as a sidekick basically mm-hmm. and then in the and then when you actually get into the issue you have the actual narration from him on the sides and then you got this these wonderful panels just stretching us across where you just have very quiet storytelling done in most of them and you have full page shots I mean there's Adam Kubert's experimenting with his art and I think this was his last issue of the book as well it was they both left so him. I mean it. this is a, some of the best art I've seen from him on the Hulk it's very different. It's not as much about the action. There's a little bit more in the storytelling and how he's interpreting what uh, Peter David's trying to do. But they were a great team at the end. Yeah. And 
it's just it's brilliant stuff, and that's why I ranked it originally number two, and I had to say it was my number one because it was so good. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's the thing. I think one of the reasons why like that would be your number one, and the end is my number one. Partly is that when you are connected with the Peter David run, it's almost like all other Hulk stories are a different thing. Like Peter David's Hulk's run is very distinctly his own, and I, other than being, I think, kind of the, the best period for the Hulk. It's also a uniquely long and, and meaningful period. To the point where, I imagine, you know, they, you could do that with X-Factor too. He seems to like to stay forever. But if somebody else takes over X-Factor, it doesn't matter how good a story they may tell will be. Even individual issues by Peter David will, will remain more significant because of their place within the larger context of the story he created. Mm-hmm. And because he was there for so long, he was able to make these types of stories really meaningful. Um, I agree. I think the same could probably be said of Chris Claremont back in the day. Yeah, yeah. obviously not now. Um, <laughs> no, but, but back, back in the day, he yeah. had that he had that tenure. He had been on there what thir- seventeen years or is that thing? Am I thinking of Peter David? Actually, you're not thinking. Well, Peter, Peter. Well, maybe oh. Peter David was only on it for thirteen years. Yes, I think it was. So I think Claremont was on for seventeen yeah. years or something like that. Um, so when you have that longer run, then you're able to do have those. Those moments, and because he shaped so much of what people know of that character, especially with Claremont, but also with Peter David. I mean, some of the best stuff you'll get, or incarnations of the Hulk, or really playing with that those concepts, were his work. People have extrapolated and done great works from it, but yeah. One thing I also liked on the last page of his last issue, just having Rick Jones just. It, it's it's quiet. Uh, the lights are out. Uh, the fire is burned out, which is actually something. As the issue progresses, the fire Fire's slowly starts down. to burn down, and it's it's out at the end. And it's just uh, the shadows are on Rick Jones, and he's just saying, "I've said enough," which is also you know Peter yeah. David saying, "I'm done." Yeah, you know, I'm, I've did I've said everything I needed to say with the Hulk. He obviously did come back later, but yeah, but not really with any degree of permanence. No, and that was more like I think he was more shepherding and kind of. He was more of a midwife till the next person was ready Agreed. To, to come on. Whereas this was the end of his very long, industrious run. He he said everything he needed to say, and I always thought that was really cool. And again, once I really realized that this was the last one, yeah, I didn't want to read anymore. It's true, and it, it, it was so. And as I said, I didn't know he was leaving, and yet the way he wrote it was so much in a th- authorial voice, not overwhelmingly, but in a way that the authorial voice worked so well with the character voice. That that I, I kind of got that sense. I was like, I don't know that he's leaving, but I I sure feel like he's leaving. Mm-hmm. So, what, what number was Planet Hulk in yours? Number two. And it's my number two now as well. Yeah. So let's talk about Planet Hulk because I think like right. that was the elephant in the yeah. room. Yeah, it's true. More that so is than World War Hulk. Oh yeah, my, very much so because well, World War Hulk at least it was the big spectacle, but Planet Hulk is awesome, and in a way, it is it is the one really great uh, uh, part of Hulk literature. That isn't really from the the Peter David run. So I don't, that sounds very insulting to other people, and, and in fact, other people other than Peter David have even appeared well, on my no, list. I get what you mean, though. It's except for the maybe the uh, Mantlo stuff and the Microverse, because mm-hmm. then that's also mm-hmm. very like on its own adventure thing. Yeah, because this is more Greg Pak just having a a romp. Yeah, you know, like he's basically telling a movie. It's... Look at this nice hardcover. Now, do you have it in hardcover? No, I only have a few issues. Are you serious? Yeah, you I'm... need to have this in hardcover. I normally don't do this that. This should be on your shelf. For the yes, you're right. For something like this, I feel like it should be. Nate waited on it, and then he didn't have it, and then uh, we got it for him for Christmas because I was like, you can't not have this. No, it's we had great. to find it somewhere online, and it was just 
it's worth getting. Yes, Why don't you have this, Tom? I don't like. I don't know. I also do like. You least, do you at least have the Hulk end hardcover? Or trade? No, I have. You, Come on, I have the Hulk the end from giant sized Hulk during this period. Okay. Uh, again, I have it only in the issue. It was reprinted in a giant size. Okay. You need to have these on your bookshelf proudly, though. Yes, that's true. Although, especially Planet Hulk, it's my a green shelf, hardcover. My Come bookshelf on. is kind of sequestered. It's my HeroClick shelf that's actually proudly on display in my living room. Oh well, fair enough. Yeah. Still, you could have it behind the hero clicks. True. Against the wall. Yeah, that would, that would actually be kind of good, right? Behind all, and just put all the hulks in front of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I with my hardcover, I barely ever have the dust jacket on because it looks so gorgeous as a, yeah. a green tome. Yeah. It's the way it should be. Why not? So, all right, so what... So what do you want to say about Planet Hulk? <laughs> Where do you start? Like, just look at how big it is. Everything else, we've been talking about a lot of one-shots, and we've filled yeah. up a lot of time talking about the content of a one-shot. This was 14 issues in the main series. Plus little bits and uh, stuff. Okay. Um, it was quite the epic. It reads very much better like this, or all the issues together, than yes. it did when it was coming out monthly. I, I don't want to start with negative, but I figured there'll be so much positive. Or um, or I, I think also, or if we just read it in shifts, because there's definitely phases to the story. Yeah. Like you have Arrival, basically, mm-hmm. like the first couple issues where he's kind of getting settled and, yeah. and meeting the Warbound, uh, becoming one of them. And then you have kind of... You could actually maybe three or it's at four. Least, at least it two. was actually well, if you remember, was it, if you remember it was actually introduced as four. I don't know whether. Right. Oh yeah, they even have it here, um, where the actual period is anarchy, allegiance, Armageddon, um, and then uh, there was the. I thought that maybe it was something else. It was it exile, anarchy, allegiance, and Armageddon? Because okay. Banner War was a one shot. I remember that. So yeah. yeah, exile was the first four. And that's the best part of the story, even though the whole thing is great. But the very really, brief, you think that's the, that's your favorite part uh, of the, the story? gladiatorial period. Like things were going so fast as when it was coming out monthly. Anyway, it was the best part of the story. Okay, uh, because each issue was packed with stuff, and we've just been coming off the very scant uh, content of Daniel Way's little four four part, which wasn't bad. The best but, part of that, uh, if I'm remembering it right, was just having uh, Bruce uh, Hulk with a beard. Hulk with a beard. Hulk was, with a beard fishing. Yeah, that's just that is. That was something a, about that yeah, visual is awesome. I, I'm a huge fan of that, and, and it just he seems right. I just imagine that he's kind of got like a past blue ribbon in his hand. I'm just yep. like, I understand, Hulk. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Just you and the bears <laughs> eating some fish. Just wanted to be alone, rocking a mad December. It's interesting. He was on his own, just not bothering anybody. Yeah. Then they then they send him away. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like of all the times to send him away, <laughs> That's very right? True. Like, Although, oh, well, it, it was in the fantastic, but very much at the same time, he did a Fantastic Four, uh, two or three yes, parter where he right. kind of he kind tore of pissed up them off. Vegas. He, he did tear up Vegas, but then he went and did was doing nothing. Yeah, then he was out fishing. Like he was really with the beard. But the idea is eventually he'd come back. Yeah. But I mean, he's he is uh, he is to com- the comic book boomerang. Yes. Like, if you send him away, he will come back yes, to you. That is true. And he'll come back angrier, angrier than ever before. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. I, I like. I think the first part of it was the most dynamic as far as issue to issue goes. I love... They always fight with the Silver Savage or Silver Surfer, call him what you will. Uh, Did you watch the movie? Yes. The, Beta Ray is not the same. It's still exciting. It's me. still no, exciting. Love... The, the art was great or in the in the movie uh, and in this for what's where the art in Planet Hulk is outstanding. Yeah, um, no, that's true. Who does the art of it? Actually, I can't, I really can't pronounce their names. Uh, it, it's Pagulan, yes, and uh, Lopresti. Okay, Aaron Lopresti. Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, no, the beautiful art. Um, I I'm trying to think which, which segment of the story I find most interesting because you said you prefer 
Like the first, the exile part, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's more than just after that. It's more slow moving. They they do have more. I love the whole alt stuff with Sierra. Um, yeah, I think when she kind of takes over and the, the politics of it as well, I think is really fascinating. Um, and then the ending is is brutal. And I yeah. think I I think I almost enjoy the ending because it feels earned. Yeah, uh, like you you. It's it has emotional resonance because you've experienced it with the character. He's 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 gained a life which he's never had. He's gained acceptance in a way that he never had. He has a wife. He now has a child on the way. Like there's this he is he's had a level of acceptance and happiness he's never had before, and it's ripped away in a in a blast. Yeah, literally just an explosion. How ironic and how appropriate, right? Oh, it's yeah. a massive explosion. Mm-hmm. He he was created in an explosion. And now everything, the life that he has created, is destroyed yeah. in an explosion. And again, he is—he's one of the—he's the survivor. Yes, like no matter what, he can't die. Yeah, Sierra everything turns that, to dust in his arms, and he stands there. And just that sadness, and the, the panel was like, "Just give her back." Yeah. Like he—he's just been angry. He's screaming, and then just this resignation to of what he's lost, and just quietly like if. You no, know, just give her back to me. Yeah. And that's epically sad. Like, it really is. And again, it's because and it feels earned. So I, I feel like as much as I love the entire thing, because the entire thing is a is a great romp, it should work better as a movie than it perhaps did. Um, it's just such a great read, and you get to the ending. And again, I don't want it ruined by having World War Hulk. I just, I just like the idea that he's coming back and eventually he gets his revenge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's another one of those ones, and it was funny because it was much like what we were just saying about the Peter Davis last story. It, when you reach the end of the story, you, you wish that that was the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that maybe in a serial medium, that's probably a real feather in your cap. Yeah, um, no, I agree. To create a moment that you just wish would, would hang in the air. Yeah, like the last three or four pages especially, like when he's getting ready and they're on their way to go to Earth... And again, that last shot, which doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like, he's standing outside his ship. Why? Yeah, there's why, a good reason. Why? Like, is yeah. there anti-gravity on the outside of his ship? <laughs> yeah. Like, how is even... But just, who cares? Those it's shoes. Just, those little sandals. Exactly. They really hang in there. Those sandals are equipped. And, yeah. Like, but just come, this awesome shot of, you know, how he finally came home. Yeah. Um, Planet Hulk, just absolutely spectacular. Interesting covers by uh, Ladron. Mm-hmm. Very Kirby-esque. Very, yes, um, true. Because he, I, I remember reading LeDron's artwork when he did a, a cable run in the, I think, leading up to the 12 in the late 90s. Very, very Kirby. Like, I should show you the covers after the podcast. It's, sure. You'd be like, isn't that Jack Kirby? I'm like, <laughs> no, you'd be wrong. Yeah. Because Jack Kirby didn't illustrate cable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Jack Kirby made cable? Like, what that would look like? Yeah. So, yeah, no, this is brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, if you have not read Planet Hulk, totally worth doing if you've yeah. watched the movie and haven't read this read this yeah in many so ways better. you know it's funny because it was going to be your number one and it probably I could have argued that it had a good chance of being my number one too it's probably the best I it's the best self-contained Hulk story that I yes. think has ever been because I think a lot written. of the other ones even the ones we mentioned they were so you had to kind of be somehow interested in the characters that were in there like Death of Jim Wilson if you don't know who that character is it means less it, it's yeah. not as powerful um, even the ones with like the Hulk just kind of showing up, you have to kind of understand where the Hulk's at to really get why that matters and why that's as important. Whereas this one, they give you everything you need, yeah, and then you have an amazing ending, which you don't need a real ending, yeah, to it. Uh, yeah, I have my cat in the background, so I apologize <laughs> for the constant meowing. Uh, but it's happening. It's like one meow. Yeah, as my, as my as my wife keeps telling the cat, shh, uh, which is so. I, I think the cat is saying our time is up. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so that's quite um, right. anything else you kind of wanted to end with on the Hulk or no, no, not at all. Nothing at all. You are you yeah, are talking yeah, about all the Hulk. Spend it. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about we'll, some other day. We'll have a long conversation on here. Here's HeroClix history because that's a whole other thing. Quick rundown: the top five, top five HeroClix. Okay. Um, Right. Lightning round. All right, I need this to. I need a, a one honorable mention before we start then, okay. because he, he, this is a top six, so I can't take him off the list. Is Marvel tenth uh, anniversary? Just the the gray. The gray. You love that guy. He's so good. For one thing, he's the first Hulk that's really playable at that point level. He's the first one under a hundred. He's got the Avengers keyword. He's he can fit on all kinds of great teams, mm-hmm. and, and he does start as a useful support piece. He's slow, but stealth outwit. You know, it worked for Black Panther. It works for Bruce Banner. Um, but as soon as he does Hulk out, he's got a great dial. Uh, he ramps right up. He gets the twelve. I guess uh, it's funny because I was talking a lot about him before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does go to the middle where he's got a twelve attack with three damage. He's actually got three damage the whole time once he becomes Hulk. So he's always cracking vulnerability. Yeah. Very straightforward. Either leap, climb, or charge. Okay. Strength. Number great five. Piece. Number five, uh, I'm trying to remember the order I put them in. It's going to be Rampaging Hulk from Mutations and Monsters. Okay, that would actually be my th- number three. Yep. It's, I love the sculpt because he's kind of ridiculous. Great. But he's jumping. He's 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 exact. He's one of the few characters that the sculpt is exactly the way you play him. Yeah. Because you're just bounding in and smashing. Great. And quaking. One of the, one of the best special powers in the game. Uh, you use leap climb and then immediately use quake. That is so Hulk. He lands with yeah, a quake. No, it's very comic accurate, and I love special powers when they act like the character should be, and that is what he does every all the time. Yeah, and for 120 points, like his, he's not fair. Like his stats are ridiculous for the how many clicks he has. His mm-hmm. damage goes like three, 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 four, 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 five, five. Yeah. There are more competitive characters out there that start with super strength instead of quake, or yeah. I guess he starts with super strength, but he can't use it when he does the. Action, right well, we can't there. do it with Quake, but because yeah. um, yeah. that's I think what people wanted. They now wanted... we can do it with close combat. So he starts with three damage, close combat expert, and super strength. Now we can do six damage. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Uh, so that's your number. That was my number five. That was your number okay. three. So what's your number five? Well, uh, my number five was the Hulk from Avengers. Yeah. So that would be the the gray um, ultimate version. Yeah. So he's a giant. Yeah. Not the best version, but that, I, love, uh, I love the sculpt. It's a very nice sculpt. The dial's kind of fun. It's hard to use because he's a giant. Yeah. So he that's why he's not higher. But he's still pretty good. Oh, he's, yeah. And he's a fun piece. Oh, I like him a lot. And, and, and he's not on my list, but I think he's a good piece. I love the Masters of Evil team ability on him. I think it's one that's of the most right. perfect choices. Yeah. Number four. Number four is going to be Green Scar. Okay. Um, Didn't make it on my list. He Well, he only makes it on my list because I'm pretending that it's still the period he came out. Oh, okay. t- he was a great figure with terrible timing because one set later he could have had Indomitable which he totally deserved oh, yeah. um, and one set later they introduced traits which could have been helpful for him yeah. um, to give him permanent super strength so he could use his slot to do other things you know, in that period where because Impervious plus Willpower what a power at the time he had it for half his dial mm-hmm. and you just assumed that you were going to have fortitude on him so the fact that he was totally outwittable it wasn't so much an issue in, in that, at that time because basically that was 25 points you were always going to spend when you feel that's true it's interesting that that's part of the meta that's gone away and we forget yeah. is that you know you had to use feats you yeah. had to use for, uh, fortitude especially if you were spending over 200 points yeah. it was a must yeah. four. Uh, my number 4 was Hulk from Ultimates again another version of Ultimate <laughs> Hulk, Hulk. To first 6 damage on a, on a single based figure for, and first for a long time uh, yeah. too. Uh, until the next Hulk actually I yeah, think, I think so. yeah I think you're right yeah. he's just he's just a big dumb fun character I like the idea that like he 
keep taking punishment, and then he's just brutal when he gets into that. He's just all stats and powers. It's the classic Hulk formula, but they pushed it to an extreme that they'd never done before. Yeah, and and like the ultimate steam ability is almost not even necessary because he's got the (laughs) leap climb anyway. Um, He's a holdover from a different age, and I still like him part. Part of it's because of that. He's not. He doesn't hold up as well today, although he still holds up fairly well, yeah. given his points. But uh, great piece, and it's very enjoyable. Yeah. And, and people would quake in fear. He was yes. one of the, He was a scary character. They still should. Like his stats still hold up. And boy, how long ago was that? Yeah, like his defense is what kind of makes him hold up better than yeah. characters at the same time, like Thor. Like Thor was an offensive powerhouse who was not hard to hit. No. Um. So number three. Number three uh, is the next character, to my knowledge, to get six uh, damage on his uh, base, which is Avengers movie, 255 point. That's the Target exclusive, right? Yeah, that's the Target exclusive. That was my number two. Was it? I kind yeah. Of, yeah. He's great. Yes. Like, I wish he wasn't the movie version. That's the only thing wrong with him. Yeah, true. Because I like comic book versions of the characters. Yeah. And he, I know, like, uh, with Hulk, at least you can kind of squint the right way and it'll look like just like he does in the comics. Yeah. But I know, deep yeah. down, that he's the, he's the movie one. And, and people, I, I love how people love to complain that the 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 TA was an unnecessary use of points on him. Because it's not like he's not a great deal for 255 points what he's bringing to the table. I mean, mm. TA is icing, but it's uh, it's still fine to have. But boy, yeah, just it's another example of just pure stats and powers. Very simple. But very effective because it's just... He's very point and click. Yeah. He'll get the stuff done. You don't really have to think about starts it. Starts with three straight clicks of 12 attack. Never goes below 10. Nope. Um, starts with a 19 defense. Uh, or you can push him on a 5 damage and then 6. I think the first Hulk to have a 19 defense to start with was the Hulk 20 to 9. Yeah. Which is a weird... Which is also great, but it's not a good on my piece, list, but... Not on my list, yeah. Um. All right, what's next on your list? Uh, well, what, was, what was your number three? My number three was Rampaging. And then okay. my, my number two was the Hulk... Movie to, uh, oh, okay. exclusive. All right, number two for me then is uh, the World Breaker. I've been number number one. Yeah, just because it's your fun. Yeah, like sure he, is. Like he's very particular to a certain storyline, but who yeah. cares? And just if you haven't, to any Hero Clicks players listening, if you've not played him and you have him, just do it. I mean, people just, just do it. They just you do heard it. it. Just but, do it. Yeah, well, the, it's the thing. People say like 350 points. He's got no range. He doesn't have a whip protection. I'm not going to field him. Like, there's ways. To make it work, you just use the train. It's really smashes right through it. Just stand in the middle of, of blocking. Um, you know, you can pair him up with people to kind of make up for some of his weaknesses. But boy, is he ever powerful! Just rampaging through everything in his way to do insane think, damage. I don't think I've ever actually used him. I've really? just seen him used, and I've just been like, "Oh, look at that! That's happening." Yeah. That just happened. Every time I've used him, it's worked out remarkably well, even though there's no ex- good excuse for it to do so, because you'd think that he just gets shut down in a hurry. Yeah. And I'm not saying I've won every game, but he always delivers. He d- he hits so hard. Yes, he does. Invariably. Yeah. When you and look at just his Plus, he dial, does make people scared. Yes. Because you can't leave him alone. As, you have to have a plan. As he should. You have to have a plan for him, and if you just leave him alone to his own devices, he will kill you. Yes. Which is what the Hulk yeah. does. If you leave, well, technically, if you leave him alone, he should just be happy. But yeah. and not this version. He, no, he's no this blood. is all all rage. It would have been interesting if he had a trait that uh, I don't know a lot about the character. I I do and I don't. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if he had a trait that actually let him target the Illuminati in a certain way. Yeah, that would be kind of neat. 
Very very specific. I'm glad they didn't. But, but really... some of them have that. Like they'll have like yeah. you know, Luther has like if he's targeting Superman with this. He Considering he's already got improved movement for the first time at the time, uh, yeah. and another trait, and at least two special powers. I can think. Wouldn't of. it be it's... neat to have like you know a trait uh, trait that says you know if he's targeting some of the Illuminati keyword, it's plus one to his like damage or attack that'd or something. That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing and it'd be very accurate because that's what he's pissed. Yeah. Um. And what was your number one? What was your number one? I just said it was Worldbreaker. Oh, okay. Well, have we got your three-year whole list then? Yeah. My number one. Uh, my number one is going to piss off everybody who, who plays HeroClix. It's uh, the common Hulk from the Hulk set that everybody hates. Really? 165 point Hulk. I should just put out there to the world, the, the world to, that is listening, to the world, uh, that I don't think the Hulk has a quintessential click yet. So he might be my favorite, but I don't think he is a quintessential Hulk. Why click. is he your favorite? Because he's great. Uh, he fits on the teams. He's just enough points that he does fit on the teams, but he's not so many points that he is your team in the way that Worldbreaker is. Um, he's got a great little dial where exactly like it should be with the Hulk. If you hit him, you regret it. Mm-hmm. You do, if you don't hit him, then he'll be in your face. He starts out with big movement, yeah. and he can get in there and do some damage. But once he actually starts to take damage, uh, then he gets really enraged. He has a fantastic click in the middle that you can get back to. Um, and, uh, and and I love the fact that people don't like again this is one where if you haven't played them play them everyone looks at the dial and thinks you know it's too short it falls away too quickly at the end it's not enough points this doesn't feel like the Hulk I'm not playing this mm-hmm. but just try it see how nice it feels when they attack you the first <laughs> time and then they're looking at a 19 impervious you heard them. with try 5 it. damage you'll be surprised how nice it feels 12 or 11 attack yes you heard it here just seriously <laughs> he's, he's ignoring slothing off attacks from people 75 points or less he, oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a lot better than you think he's going to be because he's so economical. I still think if they made him 200 points, one click longer, pumped his damage on the last four clicks and gave him one more click of Impervious. That is a lot of... Uh, I actually you, have a formula. You made it sound like, oh, you know, he'd be fine at 200. <laughs> if you did four different things. I honestly think you could make it work. Or 201, so you could play him with uh, SI Namor and SI Doctor Strange for a 500-point Defenders team. And I know it wouldn't be themed, but I don't care. Still be 500 <laughs> points even. You've awesome. done your homework, my friend. I'm a big fan. That is that is spectacular. <laughs> uh, we're about to sign off, but so I'm guessing your favorite Hulk writer is Peter David. Yep, without a doubt. Yep, favorite Hulk artist. Hmm. Actually, I've never uh, thought about it. Um, How have you never thought about this? Well, because I like so many of them, we're but I've never. We're comic book fans. We categorize. We, we, That's true. We I'll quantify. We put them in the top on, list. On that, um, pro- maybe very likely uh, Todd McFarlane is way up there. Wow, really? Because I really enjoyed his Grey Hulk period. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and how do you pronounce his name? The... Oh, uh, Peggy Lan? Sure. Peggy Olin? Peggy I don't know how it's... My Pac- wife is Pac- laughing at me. Peggy Olin is a, is a ticketing name. software. Um, oh, there you go. Sorry if you're listening to this probably, uh, Peggy Olin. But anyway, <laughs> yes, he's great. I hope he's listening I hope to this he podcast. Is too. And, and Dale Keown uh, for his work on the, uh, on the end and Hulk Pitt, if you remember that. Oh my God. <laughs> but, oh, Hulk Pitt. Fantastic art. That is something. So there's uh, my, my favorite is the, in fact those three. Okay. Uh, I think Adam Kubert would have to be on the oh, list. Yeah, I'm not going um, Although he didn't do any of the stories on my list, I really like Lionel Francis Yu. Yes. He's a great interpretation of the character, uh, whether it be ultimate or regular or whatever. Um, uh, now, I'm, now, now I'm drawing a blank. I guess I, I also like uh, Del Keon. Yeah. Del Keon's fantastic. He really is. There's something about his. his you know, Ed McGinnis as well. I mean, he does a yeah. great a great Hulk. I mean, very bombastic. Well, which but, I mean, depending yeah. on which version of the character, 
Uh, we are out of time. Okay. Because <laughs> we've, well, we've been beeped. This is the first time we've ever been beeped by a stove. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for Comic Shenanigans episode 54. Uh, I've been here with my, with my guests... Uh, Say your name. Tom Kerr. Tom Kerr, and I'm Adam Chapman. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, or you can like us on Facebook. Uh, let us know what your favorite Hulk stories are. I'm always interested to hear what other fans uh, are saying. Uh, someone who uh, has recently posted on one of uh, my threads on HG Realms had said that they're a huge Hulk fan and couldn't wait for this episode. So I'm hoping that they enjoy this. Yeah. And uh, let me know what your stories you really like. I hope we don't offend them with my choice for number yeah. one Hulk um, hero. Like. For those who are interested, what's your HG Realms name? Uh, it'd be Overdrive. Overdrive. And I'm SDM Clicks. And uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you.